Hello, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of The Irrelevant Podcast. I'm here once again with Jason, and today we are going to talk about Cuban music. Very spicy. Is it spicy, Mike? <laughs> so are the cigars, the coffee. Cuba's really cool. I like Cuba, and I wanted to show... Ever what's had up? a cigar? Like a Cuban one? Mm-hmm. Or any in general. I've had one. I don't know what it like if it was Cuban or not, but <laughs> I wouldn't know. But I mean, everybody just jizzes all over them. So, have you had cigars like regular ones? No, I have never smoked a cigar. They're fine. Um, I mean, I think they're kind of overrated, like most tobacco and smoking is. But well, no, you don't inhale them. You just kind of hold it in your mouth and then blow it out <laughs> or something. Yeah, and you and you kind of like suck on like the the tobacco that's like in the thing and like you just get the nicotine from that yeah which i some people they just like it better um i mean i don't know it's kind of like i was like this is kind of interesting but that was that was it <laughs> yeah i i mean i've had i've had cuban coffee and i don't like coffee in general so having the blackest and strongest version of it was not enjoyable <laughs> i can imagine dude yeah. um yeah um what else does cuba have Besides what we're going to talk about now, um, obviously their architecture is, is really beautiful. Yeah. Anything that was colonized by the Spanish or the Portuguese or the French is going to have gorgeous, colorful, like like popping colors architecture. I'm curious how modernized they've gotten, like their cars or I guess their infrastructure, just the products that they can have now that there's no embargo. I'm curious to know how like adaptive to western culture they are i mean i can't imagine that much no not really i mean even if you go to like even where i was in brazil a lot of the houses still look very portuguese colonial and like obviously like they've updated it in the sense that like you know there's plumbing and that there's electricity and all that stuff like the houses look the same it's like the same style um i can't imagine like um but are, are you talking about like the actual buildings and stuff like that when you mean in infrastructure? And all really the buildings, stuff? I guess I more mean like cars, cell phones, um, just well, that, products I don't you know. find a grocery store. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine people have phones, but yeah. the cars, I, I wouldn't know. All I know is that it's a meme that they had retro cars because they weren't allowed to get things after that. <laughs> a lot of them look really cool. They do. People yeah. collect them now. Oh yeah, they look really cool. Yeah. Um, oh, they also have Fidel Castro. That's another thing they exported. <laughs> he did. They exported Fidel Castro, and um, I know Che Guevara was originally Argentine, but he did a lot of his stuff in Cuba. It's always interesting yeah. to me, and I don't really want to go much further because I don't really know much about Che Guevara, but I know that he had a bunch of. I don't know, problematic mm. things to say, but a lot of people like to idolize him for some reason, I guess. Um, <laughs> Travis had quite a bit to say about Che Guevara. Yeah. Um, we, uh, the only thing I know is obviously, I mean, <clears throat> these people are of the times, but obviously all the <laughs> all the stuff about race and sexuality, they probably weren't too progressive on more than just pushing an ideology down people's throats. I know, it's funny to see that all these people that are like, 
labeled as left wing that like if you go see their comments they were like no we need to burn gay people and all that stuff it's like oh whoa that doesn't sound left wing <laughs> yeah it's a very very confusing snake which they bite themselves constantly right because that just goes to show how much politics are different in other countries well, I think politics is more mandatory in a lot of other countries than it is here. I think people just choose to be angry and choose to go through all this bullshit by themselves. Like, it doesn't, like, for the most part, really affect their lives. Where in yes, other but... countries, like, you pretty much have to fight the government or you're going to be imprisoned or dead. <laughs> sure, but I am just mean in the sense that, like, not every mainstream left-wing politician is going to be, like, you know, for certain issues that they would be in like other countries if you see what i'm saying yeah i understand yeah that's just oh, goddamn politics um fuck dude so i'm assuming okay so this compilation that you had me listen to oh um, yes yeah, so what i had sorry so for anyone who doesn't know and i'll tell you this so that anyone and i'll post it on my snapchat before so that if anyone wants to listen to it they can like listen in with us and then hear our thoughts and comments it is called echo in cuba volume one it is a compilation of various artists from the Buena Vista Social Club, which was a club in Havana, I think, in Havana, Cuba. They might have done some stuff in America. I'm not entirely sure, but all I know is that um, not this compilation I recommended to Jason, but they made one self-titled album, which was recorded over like 10 days in Havana. It was really cool and oh, has a lot of the really same awesome. songs. Oh, yeah, it has a lot of the same songs. Um, I don't know about this compilation, just because this is, like, a bunch of different... I don't know if they were all recorded necessarily at the same time. I think they might just be from various different, you know, times and places. And they're like, yep, let's just put this all together. Yeah, I was about to say, because on some of the songs, I noticed that they were remastered, so... Right. Um, But, yeah, so it consists of artists like Ibrahim Ferrer... Uh, Ruben Gonzalez, Compay Segundo, Eliades Ochoa. These are all really, really famous Cuban artists. When was this? Um, I mean, when were the most of the... Uh, Jesus Christ. When were the majority of these songs recorded or when were these guys prominent? Um, I can imagine... I know these songs were made in like the, the 50s, I can imagine. Let me see. Oh, wow. Like, it's that old. Oh, yeah. This stuff is old school Cuban, dude. Crazy. Let me see. This was made like. Okay, so the Buena Vista Social Club was founded in 1996, but um, it was a group of people playing music from the 40s and 50s. Okay, that that's that that's what it says. Yes, yeah, so these are so all. I... Are you sure they're that old? That's what it says. Crazy. These songs are like these are old school fifties Cuban jazz songs. Man, they must have been totally remastered from the fucking like I I don't know. I mean, obviously the instruments. There's no way those have been recorded in the fifties. But maybe the vocals. But oh no, the re no the the recordings were done much later. Like I said. But oh, these the songs, songs. Okay, I was about to say I was like, yeah. there's no fucking way those songs are from the fifties. You know, no, no, <laughs> Even no, if they no, 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 remastered. No, these sound quite. Not like 2022, but they sound newer than the 50s. But no, yeah. these songs Sorry, were originally <laughs> written in the 50s. Yeah, okay. I, I yeah, because I, I was like, not sure if you understood, but 
Um, so yeah, what did you think of Echo en Cuba, Volume One? Um, <clears throat> let me see. I think I'll, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. I think this one is probably one that is like the toughest to just sit and listen to just like in a room by myself you know what i mean i feel like this really? is where i have to like listen with people or like like when we were listening to it earlier in the car today or like if we're going out dancing but like for some reason this one is a hard listen for me to just sit down and just like focus on it i don't know why um, for some of the songs i can see what you're saying but for some of them i just can't help but just listen to it and just just start jamming and like start tap tapping my feet and like just move my head they're so catchy so they are catchy and i I think the problem is like it's it's not meant to be sit and analyze it's just meant to be sit and relaxing while doing something else or just like you're just getting into the rhythm with it or you're moving with it it's meant to just like get lost and like get into the feeling of it it's not meant to just sit there and listen to because a lot of it is really repetitive so it's like it feels like sometimes i was just listening to a lot of loops of something minus the vocals um so I think like when you're sitting down and just focusing on it, it gets a little bit tedious. But the songs that stood out to me the most, I think, because there was a lot of different types of songs. It wasn't just like the standard salsa beat, fast tempo, ay 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 shit. So <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So I, I was hoping the, you would appreciate that. The one that I really liked, and I, 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 I Jesus, <laughs> I swear, um, keep stuttering. I like when some jazz pianists do it and I don't like it when others do it. I feel like it depends on the person if they can do it tastefully or skillfully. The Fabiando by Ruben Gonzalez. I really, really liked the freeform piano melodies that were present throughout the song. Um, I, when I was listening to it, I liked it because it, it reminds me of something they would put in like a Wii game or something. <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting that one to be. I thought that was going to be one of the songs that you thought was was more boring. I think it's because it was the one that like kind of branched out from all the other ones, really. Like the most of them kind of followed a similar formula. This one kind of branched out. Like I said, it was more free form, so I could pay attention to the melody on the piano more. Um, yeah. I think, it, like I said, it just gives me more stuff to focus on than just because, like, I don't, you know, speak Spanish or know the words or can have any sort of revelation to that. So I just have to go based off of how everything sounds. And the music is designed for you to like vibe to or dance to or just have a good time to. So that's why I'm, I, that's why I said I think it's just difficult for me just to sit and listen to it. Um, but so that was Let one that stuck out. Let and me then, check. I'm, hold on. I don't want to make. I want to make sure I'm not confusing Fabiando and Pajon Palmar. Let me see. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. That's the. Okay. That's what I thought it was. Sorry. Um, Why do you think I think can, that wouldn't be boring? I don't know. Just because it. I don't know. I just thought because it um, because it didn't have like words necessarily, or it wasn't in like a, those cool, like atmospheric sounding minor keys. You wouldn't have been attracted to it as much. Well, the the piano melody was kind of in a minor like it was like i said it was like more freeform jazz like he kind of just did what he wanted which was interesting like i said i like it sometimes when people do that and sometimes it's a little bit over Wait. the top but well he said i don't really think it was necessarily in a minor key it was just kind of like you said more freeform so there wasn't yeah. really in any key it was just yeah that's, that's what i'm just say. playing was, yeah yeah but like usually I think like when you can like not obviously it's not in like a minor key, but you can kind of give it, it you feel a similar emotion because since it's a little bit 
just dissonant. Like it automatically gives you that sort of feeling as opposed yeah, to yeah. like something. I mean, obviously there's a bunch of different emotions you can kind of tag along to it. Um, but like I said, I like hearing interesting things and that's why I like, just like when you hear something that's completely different to the rest of them, I think it just, I mean, obviously it stands out more, but I think, like I said, it gives me something more to focus on. Um, the other one that was nice was the Galeo Company Andres by... That one's good. <laughs> <clears throat> that one was awesome. Um, like I said, I like yeah. the classical guitar mixture in there. I like when people do the the little finger-picked leads over top, and especially because they sound real. It doesn't sound like digital playing or something that's been a take that's been done over and over again to be perfect. So I like when guitar players actually just record a thing and then it's just all the way through. There's no cutting and pasting. Um, so it's always really fun. And the one, I, the thing I liked about this one is like the, the singing in unison that they would do and the clapping. That was also really catchy. Yeah. Plus like, like you just said that opening guitar riff was really, really good. Yeah. And how it just led into the song. Yeah. So that, yeah, exactly. The, the guitar melodies and riffs that they were doing was really, really nice. Um, I think starting out like the, the first two tracks and let me pull up my notes here. I love the first two tracks. I've especially the second one, I Candela. That yeah. one I am just I am tapping my feet, just like shaking my head. I am so into that song. Yeah. That one was I think I out of the two, so the, there's that one, then the first one was De Apartes de Mi. Um yes. that one I think I liked a little bit more because that one kinda like when I think of like well, I mean now after listening to it, like salsa music or specifically now cuban salsa music like i feel like that's like the the poster child of what it would be or if i was out somewhere that i feel like that's the song that i would hear is that a really popular song um company yeah segundo? like an, a, anything but like compay segundo or compoy not company <laughs> company segundo second company um well so all these songs are really famous but um the ones that are like really well known are um that one's pretty well known i think i candela's known a little bit more the big one i know is uh chan chan or chan chan yeah did, did you like that one i did um i think that one it like like i said all these songs are catchy but i didn't feel like it was like catchy in a specific way where i would remember it and i think that's some i mean i don't know if that if i chalk that down to because i don't speak the language so it's like i don't remember the words that they're saying so that's also why i wouldn't <laughs> stick in my head but like i feel like it's really catchy yeah. melodies but like if you know i'm gonna wake up and forget them tomorrow um listen to it again because <laughs> i i mean again. i've right because i mean i've given this multiple listens and most of the songs resonate me like sorry resonate with me other than like a few um but like i was saying with icandela the that like twangy guitar solo in in late in the later part of the song mixed with like that the fast beat persisting is just so well done yeah. And it has those really cool, like, just pentatonic harmonics, which sound really good. Yeah, and this shit is not easy to do. So, that's why I, I always imagine, like listening yeah. to it. I like listening to difficult things that I can't play. Um, the next one was one I really liked a lot. was uh, hmm. Bajo un Palmer by yeah. Omar Portiondo y Pio Le- Leva. Leva? Uh, that's Omar Portuando and Pio Levia. So Amara, I'm guessing, is the female, and then Pio is the dude. Yeah. Yeah. So I like this one a lot. I like um, 
I'm like I said, I, I don't listen to too much jazz, but like jazz duets are really cool. So I like how his voice sounds super rich, and it's like one of those voices you know it's been well aged and well taken care of. Um, and then also the the smooth jazz piano in the background, that one, it's like you know any you know any classy movie or spy movie or something where they're having like some important scene, you know, is always gonna have that kind of piano in the background. <laughs> I like um for some reason I like the they had like some cowbell esque kind of thing that they were hitting on the parts and like I like the rhythm that they were they were like hitting the it reminds me of like in metal when the drummer's hitting the crash cymbal or the china cymbal to just kind of make everybody go crazy but it's more of like a gets you pumped so they're hitting it on the yeah getting everyone wanting to to dance yeah, yeah. yeah and the one thing I was gonna ask you is like their voices mixed together very well or that they've been singing together for a long time are they like you know, married or related or anything like that? I don't know, because I don't know too much about the individual artists themselves. Hmm. I just know, like, their music, I guess. Yeah. I don't really know too much about their lives outside of it. Well, they mix together really well, so that one was really enjoyable to listen to. They they do. Um, I, I liked their other track a little bit better, Kisas, Kisas, Kisas. Yeah. I thought that one was... Like, I, I love those those uh trumpet flares what later in the song i mean that for for that reason i just said but also um i don't know like i just think that i don't like it that much more like they're both really good songs but um their other one kisas 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 just it sticks with me more like i said just mainly just for the use of the like the trumpets and i mm-hmm. just think it it's more entertaining yeah um, the only song that I don't really like is the seventh track. That's, um, what is that? La one? Chica del Granizado. That's the Ferrer track. Yeah, so that one, I like how the bass line starts out. And it's like that I, it's something that I would really love to play. Like if I was to, you know, someone asked me to cover a song, like that's the one I would do on bass. But I think the problem with it is like like the vocals are really disjointed in that one, except for yeah. the hooks. Like those are, those are solid, but like when they're doing the freeform singing, it just it felt really out of time and just out of place. Yeah, that's why I think it's like I think it's easily oh shit, I think it's easily the worst song on the album. <laughs> why is it the worst song? Just because like it's the least entertaining. Um, I don't like the melody really. Mm. Um. It's not something I would say is annoying. It just doesn't. It doesn't make me go like, "Ooh, I love that." That's like sounds really nice. Yeah. Which like my favorite track on the entire col- like compilation is the last one. I think that track is just phenomenal. I love the the guitars, how like how they're played, the the note selection, and like the actual beat for like the chorus. And I just I love what he's saying and how he just mentions Cuba. I think it's so cool. He's and like about, I was saying, uh, pobre corazón. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Those guys seem to be um, the <laughs> they seem to be the most professional out of the bunch. I should say, or the ones that are probably the more famous one. Um, by segundo. Yeah. I mean, all these people are pretty famous. I don't know who is the most there's, famous. I was about to say, there's got to be a top dog or a couple of top dogs, and those ones seem to be at least like when you like you know go to a place or a dance class that plays salsa music cubans like that's probably what they would play oh yeah i mean all these people are household names like ibrahim ferrer uh 
Ruben Gonzalez, people know. So it's safe to assume that most of these people are dead. Um, no, I don't think so because this was founded in the nineties. Oh, I thought you said this was back in the fifties. Oh, I keep no. forgetting it's the song. Sorry. I, yeah, no, these songs were <laughs> were written in the fifties, and then they oh. they made this club to commemorate their Cuban like mu- musical culture. It's been a day, man. Cool. Okay, I, I will not forget that. <laughs> but um, like I was saying, let me see. Um, Ibrahim Ferrer died in two thousand five. Compay Segundo died in 2003 was that so, one guy or was that a couple like was it just a, I thought it was just a group um no it's just his like what it's like a stage name okay so it's, it's one guy yeah I thought so too but yeah it's just one guy his name is Maximo Francisco Repilado Munoz I, I, I see why he changed his name <laughs> yeah I, I can see too but um like I was saying, with the Pobre Corazón, um, the fact that I do understand like what they're saying, I appreciate this music in a different way than you would. Yeah. I wouldn't say like in a better way than you do, but like well, I, no, it, it, I, it would be a better way because like if I understood what it was, I feel like I would. I mean, not necessarily all the time. There's a lot of lyrics where I could give a fuck about, but you know, just at least so I can get more reference. But what is that one about? It's just about, I mean, I know the chorus is going like, where are you going, precious and cute Cuban lady? <laughs> like, um, like just bring me that like smile I remember, stuff like that. I don't know so, what it is, but like, I just, I don't, I mean, obviously it's the most used trope in music, but just like, I don't, like when I listen to songs just talking about like women, I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> I mean, I think like I for Spanish, for Spanish it just makes like more sense, I guess. I don't know, it just sounds... Because, I mean, they are romance languages, so... The what? Yeah, romantico. Because they are romance languages, so they do need to fulfill that promise in some sense. No, like, you I need know. to have that, like, Antonio Banderas, like, you know? <laughs> well, it's like, just, I mean, you got to think of the audience that they're playing to. It's like you're playing to people that are out fun, or out dancing, having fun, and potentially meeting people. So, I mean, obviously, that's going to be what it is. Um Right. But even though the song the song is about like this guy's weeping heart and how like you want you know like where are you going? <laughs> where you been? Shuffle this way, girl. That way. So that was the that was your favorite track on the or on the whole compilation. Oh yeah, it's my favorite melody. It's my favorite. It's my favorite instrumentation. It's like my favorite beat. I, I love everything about it. Um, second to that is probably I Candela. I Candela. Like when he just starts singing, like he's just going off. <laughs> Wait, what track? And I can. Is... That's number two. Oh, okay, cool. I was like, what the fuck? Like in the beginning, where the piano starts going off, and then like the piano starts in, and then the horns just start flaring. I'm like, yeah, they know what they're doing. <laughs> Like, you, you know, there's kind of like, um, in music, sometimes there can just be like winks to the listeners. Like, we, we know what we're doing. Enjoy this, you know? Yeah. Like that, or especially like in tracks like number eight, El Cuarto de Tula, when like he just rolls his R's like so hard. Yeah, it's a total fan service. It's an exaggeration. Yeah, like, En el barrio la cachinga se forma. I'm just like, yes. 
something to please the Americans when you talk to them. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just picturing Joey Diaz, like, just jamming the fuck out of this, dude. <laughs> He's just smoking on the windowsill listening to it so everybody can hear him. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, I love Joey. Joey is so cool. Yeah, I think overall, um, like I said, it's one of those ones where I have to, like, like I, I know I've said that for a lot of the, a lot of the Latin music that um, you've recommended to me, but it all I think sounds the same. No, it doesn't all sound the same. But I think, like I said, I, I, I can't sit down and listen to it. I have to do something or dance to it or like be with somebody or dance with somebody. Like I can't just sit and listen to it on my own. I think because there's music like, and that's not just subjective to this genre. Like, there's a lot of music where that I really love, and like for some reason I just don't like listening to to it by myself. I have to listen to it with people. I don't know if you get like that with music. Um, certain things like certain, um, I'm trying to think of certain genres specifically. There has to be certain kinds of music where I need to listen to it with someone. Yeah. Um, oh, certain like country folk songs that my mom likes. I wouldn't necessarily listen to those by myself. I mean, I could, and I would enjoy it. Like stuff like John Denver. He's very good, but it's just, it's, it's enhanced when I listen to it, like with my mom or something like that. Especially if it's country road, you got to fucking sing that with your homies. Oh yeah, before I that's the thing cuz I like that song like before it was a meme. But of course, once something becomes a meme, you can't like it unironically. Yeah, I know. <laughs> which is just annoying and I'm like Like I remember when the <laughs> when the Halo theme became a meme and I'm like that's like a genuinely good composition. I was about to say that's really close to what you like to listen to. That is, yeah. Um I I don't know, I guess I, I also really like listening to music that, like, if I don't like a song, but I'm, like, in the car or with somebody that does like that song, like, it's a lot more enjoyable for me. I don't know if it's just because, like, it's just the energy of the moment, and I like seeing people actually happy or enjoying something, so it makes me enjoy the thing I'm listening to, even if I don't like it. I get like Did that, Did you too. get that with um me on our car ride today? Like, when no, we were listening to this kind of music? I like listening to the music, but like I said, it's difficult for me to sit down and, like, listen to it and, like, no, take notes, but, like, analyzing it. But, like, yeah, I like... It's enjoyable to listen to. I do like it. But when, no, but what I was asking was, like, was it enhanced with me going, like, oh, I love this song and stuff like that? Yeah, it does. I, I, and okay. I'm, I'm like that in all facets, of whether it's, like, a movie um, or an activity or you're out, like, you know, like, it just really fucks the mood up of somebody's being bitchy or just not enjoying something. Like, it, it really does ruin it, so. But it's the opposite effect for me. Like I said, it, it makes me enjoy things more and people are actually enjoying it themselves. Yeah, so you would just say at the end of the day, this compilation and a lot of music, like, in this vein, like, Latin kind of stuff, is is just kind of vibe music. Yeah. And not, and... not necessarily your cup of tea, which is Well, no, like I said, fun. I can, like, if I'm in the mood or, like, I've, like, I, I can't just well, it's not your it's not your favorite thing that you're like you know because like you can listen to metal obviously in multiple different contexts and yeah you still enjoy it on like an analytical level you can enjoy it like just on like a vibe level you can enjoy it on like a I'm I'm doing something else while I'm listening to this and just all the kind of stuff yeah, and like, let me rephrase. So, like, I can sit down and listen to it and just like zone out, or like I said, if I'm just vibing to it. But like, just it, my only thing is, I think it's it's just difficult for me to sit down and like 
you know, listen to it in this context for a podcast to like give my thoughts and notes specifically of like the intricacies of the vocals and the um, percussion and the guitar and the trumpets and the piano and all that shit. I, I think that's the more, I think it takes me out of just enjoying listening to it because it's like, I'm trying to focus on specific aspects and a lot of it just kind of comes up like it's the same, but it's something that I wouldn't like really even care about because I like listening to it if I wasn't paying attention, if that makes sense. So it, you're saying when you listen to this in an analytical way, it kind of just makes it worse almost yeah it, it kind of takes me out of it like it, it makes it i see because like they're not long songs but sometimes it feels like it's a long song like two and a half minutes and i'm trying to focus on like what's coming next but what's coming next is the same thing so like i just give like oh do i like this sound going on right now and if i don't then it's going to be the whole song kind of thing i got you um, um i mean i can listen to this and i can really see why cubans are proud of being cuban you know no it is really good and i think um yeah it like I said, and even like in just to back me up, even in the music, like I said, it's all about meeting that girl or just heartbreak or fucking longing for whatever connection, right? So like it's meant to be shared with somebody else. It's not meant for you to sit down and listen to it unless you like went through a breakup and you're sad and you're listening to it. You know what I mean? Like it's meant to be shared with other people. It's not meant for you just to sit in a room and listen to. Yeah. Like, um, like a lot of the songs are like that, but then like, um, Chan Chan is kind of more like, um, um, let me see, because like I forget the lyrics like off the top of my head, but it's like, um, yeah, no, it's talking about babies again and women. Um, yeah, but like songs like El Cuarto de Tula and I Candela, those are about like candles that went off and and burned buildings down <laughs> like i um i don't know like in remember in the beginning of uh quarto uh, quarto de tula when he mentions the bomberos that means yeah. like the firemen okay yeah and i um i candela is um like when he goes like like me quemo me quemo me quemo that means like i burn myself <laughs> local cuban so, folklore buildings being burned by candles yeah, it's weird. I don't know why that's it's that that they're talking about, and we're making like a fun dance song about it. But it's interesting, what like what to see like in other countries, like popular music, like what they're what they talk about. You know. Well, I mean, I, I think it just chalks it down to the specific artists and genres because obviously the the music that all the popular, I'm um, the, the music that gets more critical acclaim than the more underground artists is going to be a lot different. Obviously, I mean, it just goes to show the not I'm not meaning this in a negative way, but more surface level, easy to digest things become more popular and easier to just own out to and more of the critical stuff and the more analytical stuff just kind of gets on the underground. And that's just even like in the message of the words, too. Yeah. Um, But still, I still really love this music. Um, I think you should give it a few more listens because certain songs like I mentioned, Pobre Corazón, that just that one just resonates with me. Yeah, I think the one that I like the most, and I don't know if it's because it's just one that's more familiar, was the, um, <clears throat> the b- 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 yeah, the the Bajo and Balmer, the duet one was really nice, and I think that was the one I that see. I could sit and listen to, and um, I didn't feel like I was analyzing it, like I can just take it in and give my thoughts on it because there's like stuff going on, and I think mm. they should, I think more. Um, 
more Cuban musicians should do duets like that. Not necessarily like in that jazzy style, but like having like a back and forth really fast with the the rest of it would be pretty cool, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where would you rank this in terms of my recommendations that I've given to you? Um, I'm trying to think. Like... Compared to all the other things, or just like on its own, like. Uh, well, I'll ask you this: Do you like it better or worse than the Mark Anthony album? I think I like this better than the Mark Anthony one because okay. the Mark Anthony one, I just don't feel like it was well constructed. Like I, I like after like listening to a couple different um, types of genres or types of like Latin music, I think that. I'm starting to get like a sort of a representation and I, and I know that Mark Anthony is more of a pop star, right. Than he is an actual like Latin musician, I should say. Oh, right. And his music. Um, I mean, I still really like his music, especially Libre, the album I recommended to you. Mm-hmm. That one also re- like resonated with me more over time. Yeah. Um, and still like a, a lot of the songs I listen to and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is really good. Yeah. But it is like a very different style because his is more like ballady and it's more like emotional and stuff like that and it's also like you could just tell like like the beats and stuff like that they're just more like basic yeah and so in, I, I in terms I, of what our ears are like accustomed to hearing whereas like in this stuff you hear a lot of more there's just like bongos and the drums and like those those beats that like sound kind of exotic to us which you wouldn't you wouldn't get that necessarily in the mark anthony stuff yeah, and I mean, it, it's not like it's super unpalatable or super exotic to where they're t- like so different from the two. I, I feel like they're oh, still no. in a similar. Oh no, you vein. can still tell. Yeah, you can still tell they're both like Latin yeah. music. But I like this uh, better than the um, than the Mark Anthony one. And, and I'm blanking. What was the one? Was it Argentinian? The 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 classical guitar yeah. player. What was his name again? Roberto Lara. Yeah, that one. So. I liked the guitar stuff obviously a lot better and it was more interesting to listen to, but I thought these were better songs. Like I could listen to that and I would be all right. Like the other one, like I feel like I'd be in a super specific mood or playing the guitar, but I think my favorite of all the recommendations is probably the Gypsy Kings one. Just because I've listened to them a lot and I really like the instrumentation and the vocals and the catchiness because like I said, I don't speak Spanish, but like I'm always fucking singing bomboleo you know what i mean like it, it just still Bambaleo. resonates with me. yeah exactly so. yeah or um you're like escucha me escucha <laughs> yeah so like gypsy kings gets me more in that mood so i i don't think anything's mm. gonna top them just because i don't listen to this genre and i like them a lot so i think it's kind of where that goes for me but no i i think this is my second favorite which okay. is interesting to say because um, i think the other two just weren't constructed as well if you want to count it as Latin music, like where'd you put the Tim Maya um, album? Oh, I forgot about Tim Maya. I do like that a lot too. Yeah, that dude, that shit is. Good. I like that I more like... than okay. So I think I like Tim if Maya that more counts, than this. I mean, would you count that as Latin music? I wouldn't, but I mean, not some specifically. some people it was, do. It was more. I mean, obviously it's Latin influence, but it was. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You can argue about subgenres back and forth, but he is a Latin sure. artist, and like, it's not like specifically Western styled music. Like, it has a little bit of fusions and elements in there. So I think yeah, it goes Gypsy Kings, him, um, then this Cuban compilation, then La- Roberto Lara, and then probably Mark Anthony. I think that goes my tier list. 
I recommend it to you. Anything else that wasn't like that was Latin? I'm trying to remember. I don't think so. I don't think so. Coldplay was the only other one um, that you recommended that obviously isn't Latin, but I, I don't think I think that's been it. I don't know how, how many of these we've done. I think so. Yeah, it was. Yeah, my recommendations have been um, uh, Guitar de las Pampas, Parachutes, Gypsy Kings, Tim Maya, um, Mark Anthony. Yeah, so that is it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so like I said, this one is, I mean, obviously it's a compilation of different artists, but I think all of the artists are really solid, and I can see why they had critical acclaim. Um, yeah, it is um, fun. I, it is a very fun, like it makes me want to go do something. I think that's the other thing too, because I feel like I just like miserable sitting in my room listening to, like I wish I was out, you know, having fun and doing something. <laughs> so I what? think that's the other portion of it too. I must tell you, it is so fun to listen to this music when you're just driving on the interstate, like when I'm working and like, I just have, I have nothing to, cause that is like the perfect state to just listen to music because I, I don't have anything else like on my mind. Right. Yeah. So I'm just kind of just sitting there and I'm just in prime condition to just absorb music. And when I'm, when I'm just going at a good speed down the interstate, it's, it's, it hits the spot. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely really good driving music because again, like it's faster pace. So it's like it's good to go fast and drive fast and listen to fast music. Like it, it all fucking concocts together very well. Except for like Fabian though, that one's a little slower. But well, yeah, I'm I'm just like traditional. Uh, like the majority of the songs were the standard like faster dancing salsa music. Yeah, um, but yeah, I was going to recommend Jason guys this album by Kiki Valera which he is also Cuban and he has a really, really good album. I wanted to show Jason, but I thought since Jason wasn't really familiar with Cuban music, I may as well just show him this one because it's like a compilation of a bunch of different Cuban artists as, as opposed to just showing him one specifically. Yeah. I think it's a good introduction. Um, it kind of, so I guess I haven't, so like, I haven't really listened to anything else you recommended that's technically considered salsa, so I don't really know what the differences are between, like, Cuban salsa music and just standard salsa music from other countries. Um, Most popular styles are, like, there's the Cuban one, and um, there's, like, the Puerto Rican one, and the Colombian ones are, like, those are the three that I know, and I I can kind of hear them, and I could tell the difference, Um even if I wouldn't be able to necessarily explain to them in a concise way, I can still hear them and I can kind of, I can kind of tell. I see. Um, I think, um, yeah. so I, I think so they would pretty much be pretty similar. I mean, they're similar, but like there, you could probably tell the difference, like, especially a guy who's musically in tune, like you are like the instrumentation is, is different. Like the actual, the, the use of the Montuno is not as present in Cuban music. I don't know if you could tell, but <laughs> I don't. So like, there's a bunch of sounds going on, and like, there's ones where like it comes in and out of the frames. Like, I'll notice them. Like, ooh, that's a cool sound, and then it kind of goes away. And then like, so like, there's a bunch of that that happens. So sometimes it's hard to remember <laughs> what is what. <laughs> yeah, I know, but um, now like the the note choices can be different. Um. Yeah, I mean, obviously the singing is going to be slightly different just because they're from different regions, right? Yeah, I might recommend to you the the Latin Brothers' greatest hits. They're so good. Did you? I 
Did you not recommend them one time? Did we not listen? No, I have not shown you the Latin Brothers yet. Okay, you're I mean, talking I, about them. I I can't remember if we did one of them. Yeah, because they're like prime, um, like Colombian salsa group. Like everyone loves them. Like they're a household name in Colombia. Like, yeah. Let me see. Same thing with um, Grupo Nietzsche. Everyone knows them, and Grupo Gale. All of those guys are really good. I see. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it was very solid, and I think, um, yeah, the ones that really stuck out to me the most are the ones that I thought were the best was the Combay Segundo. Um, did you like Nuestra Ruca, which was the 10th track? Um, let me see. I'm pulling up my thing here. Do, 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 do. Who was that? Wait, I think... Dude, for some reason, I feel like I couldn't listen to this on Apple Music. I had to, like, yeah, it wouldn't let me do it. So I had to, like, type it in and listen to it and do it all manually. So it was kind of a process. Oh, that's, that's what I had to do for Slipknot. Oh, wouldn't let you listen to it for YouTube? Um, No, I don't really know why. But so that's why I had to just put it all in, like, in the... Nazis about how they want they make want to make you sign up for everything and just fucking submit. So it makes it difficult to just from the outside submission. Yeah, yeah, so I, I did like that one. Um, I don't really like his voice. I think I think in it, that like, song or like in the other. Songs no, I like well. it in that song a lot, but I think like just in general, like it doesn't really do anything for me. Like it, like like I made notes on it, but like I'm struggling to just like even right now just think about what it like specifically sound like or the nuances of it. Like it just sounds like standard singing to me in my head. Um, yeah, I, I got you. Um, another question I have is like, do you like this more like, like, like more or less or about the same as just like American jazz music? I think I've honestly probably listened to more of this than I have American jazz music. I, I think it just depends. I, I mean, again, jazz is also one of those genres where it's like, I don't want to sit in my room and listen to jazz. Like, I, it, it's a social thing for me, too. I think, like, any type of music that I just don't listen to on my own that I like, it has to be just with people. And, like, I, I, when I, what, like I was saying earlier today, I like going to um, places that do, like, jazz open mics or just, like, a standard jam. So people just walk up there with their fucking sunglasses and cab hats and they just go to town so stuff like that even though a lot of it's wanky but it's i like seeing people do shit like that i don't know why like even if it's like quote-unquote bad musicianship or something that's entertaining or something that's cringy that's funny or just straight up just like why the fuck are you doing this like i love stuff like that so going especially live i like anything live music yeah i would love to see this kind of music live yeah that'd be super fun i had a dream that like yeah, on a boat. I had a dream that we were just chilling in Old Town, like just playing this kind of music, and I was singing it. <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 It's, yeah, it's definitely um, like a it would be a fun thing for going to any old town of any city and hearing musicians play in the street. Like it gets everybody in the mood to just you know eat and drink and have fun. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the nearest kind of club where you can hear this kind of music would probably be in like New York, I can imagine, or something like that. I'd imagine there's some clubs in DC specifically that play salsa music, or I don't know. Yeah, I, I could see that. version of it, club remix. Yeah, because like in those big cities, you can kind of find like almost anything, yeah. you know, like in terms of like food and like entertainment and stuff like that. You can find like almost anything attuned to like. 
Which I know um, places, especially around here, there's like specific Spanish clubs, but I don't. I assume they don't play stuff like this. I assume they play a more modern uh, rap or reggaeton or something like that. Are you talking about like 90 grados? Whatever. It, there's a million of like them. Like that. There's that one that's on like I think Sudley. Um, that one I've never been there, but like I can imagine it's probably gonna be like reggaeton. I've never been to one, but I've, I've I have some friends where I've I've seen them post on their stories like them just like dancing in the club and it's just standard modern like you know Spanish club music. But I'd imagine that like there's some I guess the closest thing is Zumba. Like if you go to like a gym and they're doing a Zumba class, then they're gonna play a lot of salsa. So you, you can do that if you like. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, have you ever danced salsa? I have. Um, it's and I've done Zumba, so I guess I haven't like done it in the context of just dancing i've always done it working out <laughs> so i don't i don't know but i haven't like so gone to fun. a club and dance also no well i've never actually done it with a partner but <laughs> it's really fun even just by yourself to just just you know do like the step forward in the back and all and just shake your body it's so fun well, dancing is a chance. really uh yes well anyway so dancing <laughs> is a really just good way to get high naturally you know yeah yeah especially like that it exercise and all that stuff like it just that rush of like oh like just when you're moving it's so so nice and i would love to do it to this kind of music yeah and like like i said I, it just really amplifies the music much a lot more when you get into that headspace or like you said you feel that natural high because obviously there's music where you can just get that feeling without doing anything, but then you have to have something that amplifies it, whether it's dancing, drugs, being with the right person, et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah, dude, I think with like, if I was listening to this kind of music or like the Latin brothers while actually like dancing in a club, I would just be like on a like fucking like third eye level. Like I would be so, I would have to be having so much fun. I can see you like drunk, just like, like putting your head down closing your eyes and just fucking like bobbing like super vibing really hard <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah because this this music it just has this this spice to it this like yeah. flavor you know it's just like earlier how we were talking about with my dad where like there's this kind of like creativity that's involved and i just i just love how these beats are, are constructed and all these guitar solos and like the timing it's so all like well placed and like they because a lot of music is like the timing you know yeah and it's and like, like almost just, all music yeah no and exactly and it's like you need to put it in like the right like spots and how it, it like music can also play with like your your expectations like that's how like beats can sound like really just like groovy as fuck or they could just be sound flat you know yeah, I mean, people just really, I mean, obviously most modern music is hyper-focused on vocals and rhythm, but timing is very important, especially depending on what instrument you play. Like, it, it's just, it's one story to be out of time or in time or create something that's catchy, but it's another thing to really just come in at, like, the instinctual time. And what I mean by that is, like, you come in at, like, the most organic spot that you feel on a primal level and it just fucking makes you move without you having to think about it like having that kind of timing as a musician is really something that everyone else envies or should envy really um yeah because everyone has that kind of thing that they're just they can do naturally and it's so intuitive to them they're like yeah how do you guys not see this like for me um 
I'm kind of like that with certain beats and like because I took dance when I was younger. So like I could, you know, because I was I can I you know how to count and I can like follow all of like the moves and stuff like that. But also, um, so like that's why I was like someone who couldn't clap to a beat. I was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, I was like, you re- like you really can't see that. But like a thing that I am not necessarily in tune with that other people would say like, Will, how do you not see that would be like math and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously everybody resonates with things differently. I think it's funny when you're going yeah. to a concert and people aren't clapping at the right tempo and like the <laughs> the artists are getting pissed. Um, yeah, but- dude, I I I've experienced that in the youth group where we're singing a song and they're yeah. going on like the upbeat as opposed to the downbeat. I'm like, no, <laughs> bunch of vanilla squares. Um, yeah, basically. <laughs> but yeah, if you think about it, like how many people are musically talented on this planet, right? There's a, at least millions of them if you really wanted to take a survey, but not that many people have just impeccable timing and even just on like a rhythmic level too. So where they're just, they can keep something steady or at least if it's a little yeah. bit off time, it's interesting enough to where it amplifies the song as well. But I mean, just, I mean, it is a specific style. So there's millions of people that are, you know, fucking professionals or they're classically trained or whatever but they're just it's just so rudimentary you know there's no creativity and it's just predictable i guess i should say right and that's and that's why i don't really like uh, reggaeton because like the creativity is lost and i'm like man like y'all's music used to be a lot cooler you know (laughs) i don't know i think that's more lazy and i know i can say that already yeah it it was more like craft centered and stuff like that yeah and like it's not even like a different culture's music like no like it's it's fucking lazy it just is a few of like there's some um reggaeton songs i like i actually i I think i mentioned in this podcast i tend to like the ones that are actually like more emotional and not the ones that are like trying to sound cool because those i just like cringe so hard yeah i'm like crying I don't know why Spanish rap has always been funny to me, just with, with the high pitched fucking. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just, so. I can't take it seriously. Yeah, like the auto tune is just like. Oh, it's awful! It's like I thought auto tune and like our rap was bad, but dude, Spanish auto tune is the worst. It like yeah, makes man. it sound out of tune. <laughs> no, because you can see how like. It's not auto tune. Like it's out of tune for those motherfuckers. Yeah, out of tune. But you can see how like the jazz translated well overseas into like these Latin American countries. But the rap, I don't think so. <laughs> no, rap is a very oh. hard. I mean, every country has a rap <laughs> fucking equivalent. Some of it sounds cool, but some of it is really fucking cringy. It just is. Like it, it's not their music. So it should be. There's cringy. actually. Did I tell you? There's some really good Brazilian rap music. I'd be in- that's the one you should recommend to me is I'd be interested to hear Brazilian um, rap like I listen to a lot of yeah. Brazilian rock Brazilian metal a lot of other types of artists so like I like a lot of the stuff that the Brazilians do so I probably would enjoy some of the rap too yeah because they're actually like they're really similar to America in that sense where like they can they can do like a bunch of different kind of things you know yeah there's and, a and lot kind of, of make talented. it their own yeah there's, yeah a lot of talented Brazilian guitar players that I listen to that I know um, Tim Maya, <laughs> yeah, Tim Maya is one of them. Um, but um, yeah, yeah man. <laughs> no reggaeton for me. No reggaeton for you, my friend. No permiso. But do you want to listen to the Echo en Cuba Volume Uno? <laughs> I did enjoy it. Like I said, I enjoyed it, but I don't think I enjoy it in this context of like sitting down and analyzing it. 
I think it I just see. puts it onto I just, like an overload. How much does that have to do with the fact that I'm just like more into Latin culture? So I'm just more like, how would I say? Like, I'm just more inclined to like it by default. Not necessarily, but like, I just can. I, I always kind of like just see it. I'm like, oh, I just, I love this, like this culture and these vibes so much as opposed to you where like, you're not like you dislike it, but you're just like, eh, I mean, I, I cause like the, the language thing does like matter. I was about to say, I think like it's, I think it's only because it's in a different language because I mean, you can ask me, like, I, I understand the culture of hardcore music pretty well. And just whether that's like metal, punk, rock, whatever the fuck, right? A lot of the culture I don't like. I don't like the, a lot of the people that go to those types of shows. Like, I don't like talking to them or like a lot of them just have so much bullshit that you have to deal with. So it's like, I, I generally don't enjoy the culture around that music, but I just innately like the sound. So I, I feel like, yeah, understanding a culture and being into a culture, you're gonna like the music a little bit more. But also, I think, you know, there's things you just love the sound of, there's things you like the sound of, and there's things you don't like the sound of. So... It's just one of those things. Yeah. And that's why in this type of music, it gives me a good understanding because like, even if like it sounds that I like, but you know, doesn't resonate with me, there's specific things and subtleties within the music that I do grab and resonate with. And there's a lot of songs I do feel really strongly where I can listen to it in whatever context and I like it. So I, I think you can kind of separate the two. Yeah. Um, do you think that like music like this can only really sound good if it's in Spanish? I don't know. I haven't heard any in English. I I think it depends. Like I, yeah. I mean, because like I don't know if I said this, but I think Mark Anthony's English language music is awful. Well, I think it's just he's trying to cater to the American audience. I don't think it's because it was in English it was awful. Is the fact that it was a completely different style of music. He didn't do his traditional style in English. I mean, it is like well, it's not completely different, but it it is different. Um, no, it's a completely different. But music. also like, like it's different writing what, for sure. Like, would you think that, like, if it was in English, it would just kind of feel out of place? I don't know. I, I, I honestly just feel it. Honestly, <laughs> sounding like a cop out answer, but I think it honestly just depends on who does it. Like, obviously, like you can have really, like I was saying earlier with the timing thing, like you can have people that are professionally trained and they sing very well, but then it sounds out of place when they sing this music, especially if they don't enunciate shit right. Because I feel like if you <laughs> sing it, you're gonna have to sing it in English with an accent. I don't think you can like do it in like an American pronunciation and then it would sound cool unless it, like I said, it just depends on the person. I don't know, but it, it's to me, I, I think mean, it would sound out of place in American the, English. Right. I mean, I know like people have said this about like rapping, like not in a black accent. Yeah. And I can see what they're saying. Well, it depends on the artist. Cause there's a lot of white rappers that don't sound cringy and there's a lot that do sound cringy. It just depends if it's authentic or if they're really trying to force something. But I'm saying like if, if somebody found it, I'm sure there's somebody that, is out there that finds a creative way to do this in English and it sounds awesome. I don't know. Um, dude, that just reminded me. Do you know NF? I listened to a couple of his songs. I don't know. I just find him kind of boring. He's really bad. Yeah. Um, I, I don't feel either way about I like. him. I just, I just, I can't listen to a full song. I just, I don't feel anything from it. Which, like, I think my problem with him is like he's trying to like. He's he's talking about really sad shit, but like his voice never really changes. It just kind of like, I, like I always see all the people like, oh, I can hear the pain in his voice. Like it's the same shit the whole song. Like I don't feel any different. You know what I mean? No man, feeling pain in his voice is 
hearing the guy in Gypsy Kings talk about how he misses his his lover. That was sad, man. <laughs> I I like genuinely felt bad for the singer when he was, um, uh, when he was just like belting out how much like he he like he bitterly missed his his lover. Yeah, and like I said, that's more of a subjective thing. But I don't know. Like I I didn't really feel anything, and it wasn't really cringy to me. But it it because I don't think he was over the top about it. I think if he was more over the top, then it would be cringy. But like it just. I don't know, like, I just didn't connect with it at all. Yeah, so, yeah, it just doesn't make you feel anything. Yeah. Which is weird, because um, I use, like, there's a lot of sad rap songs that I love for that reason, where they're talking about some shit that's super painful, and even if I didn't go through it, it's something that I can relate to my life, so, and, there, and obviously, like, the pain in the voice you can hear, but I just, I don't get that from him. I just don't. Right. Well, even if they're not songs that I would necessarily go out and listen to on a regular basis... I really like some of, like you said, like sad boy rap songs. I think some yeah. of Little Uzi songs are good. <laughs> He's a fucking weird guy. I, I do like, um, I don't <laughs> know how many songs I've listened to from him, but obviously. Um, Neither have I. Like, it, probably not that many, but like, there's a couple on his like album from like 2016 where I'm like, oh, that actually is like, it's sad and it's like kind of pleasant, you know? I He's talking it, about like his mom and stuff like that. It's kind of sad, you know? It it makes but, me sad too because it just I miss that era and I sound like a fucking idiot but I miss that like you know that twenty fifteen to twenty eighteen era I feel like after twenty eighteen shit just hit the fan and I just like personal things in my life too after that year like that was a bad fucking year and I think that was like the ending of it's so, like that that fucking four years um or I'm sorry like yeah the, the, I would say twenty fifteen to twenty eighteen I would is probably like right at, I wish like I could right when you got out it. of high school <laughs> yeah right when i graduated high school um yeah dude um yeah like i'm just starting realizing back. how little time i have to do things like this anymore yeah because like you're you're at that age where you're supposed to be having a shit ton of fun and like i said my from when i was 18 to when i was like <laughs> 22 that was like pretty fucking fun but as soon as 23 hit i was like this sucks now so really pay attention to these years because i guarantee you it's going to be your most fun and i hope it's not the case i hope you have many fun years you know well into your 80s but just statistically it's just this is it yeah <laughs> so please enjoy it because those just are my be, best years just be chilling like just joey diaz like just yeah. with his fucking taco and <laughs> exactly <laughs> have as much fun as you can man i don't know how much longer it's yeah. gonna be like this marty girl is very fun but um I just kind of like working, um, and I like just having a weekend with nothing in it. It's very nice. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm the same. I, that's why I dropped out of school because, like, I remember telling my parents, like, I just want to work. Like, I don't want to fucking go through this bullshit. I just want to make money. I want to advance my career on my own path. Like, I don't want to have to fucking be at the mercy of the degree that I get or just be in a job I don't like. So I, I was like you. Like, I want to have a set schedule. I want to have a good home life and relax and have my hobbies and not have to worry about it. Like, I was just – I've been ready for that since I graduated high school, honestly. Oh yeah, dude. I wanted that. Like when I went into my senior year of high school, like I went into my senior year of high school going like, I'm not going to college. Yeah. Um, and I still, I still abide by that decision, man. Looking back, I wish I wouldn't have done it. Cause every memory that I've had has just been like meeting people at college. It's not been like people that I went to college with, you know? So, um, <laughs> I, I wish I wouldn't have done it. I honestly wish if, if I would have knew, like, you know, taking music in the direction that I had, I'm taking it now, just, you know, being able to make money, not making music, but obviously, you know, selling equipment. I, I wish I would have just done that, you know, starting in high school and just 
did that right out of high school and I could have built up sooner and had more fun. So I think that's my only regret is just wasting fucking time and money going to school. How many years did you spend going to college? I, so I never did it full time because I was always working while I was doing school. So I did school part time and I think I, it took me like four years just to go through community college. And then I dropped out like two semesters of going to a state school. So it just, it was a lot of wasted fucking time. And I, I didn't learn anything. I really didn't. When I look back, like I didn't learn shit and I paid for you it. Went, you went to uh, George Mason? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't learn <laughs> shit. It was awful. I took a fucking English class in George Mason. Like, what the fuck is this bullshit? I thought I got all my gen eds out of the way. We're like, nope, you still have to take fucking another math class, another science class, another goddamn English class. Like, this is retarded. I'm tired of doing this. Yeah, no, yeah, don't get me wrong, I'm all for, like, general education, but, like, at that point, like... There's too many stupid uh, motherfuckers, we need more specialized. I think you should be specialized at birth, like, you figure out who's good at what, who's not good at what, and fucking place them there. Like, I I don't think we should have general education, because we have it now, and everybody's fucking stupid. Yeah, that's how it was, like, back in, like, the the Middle Ages, right? They should bring it back. Hardly anyone was educated. Like, hardly anyone knew how to read, you know? Well, I think everybody should be educated, but I think it should be specialized, like... In I'm that t- sense, right. Yeah. But, um, obviously, like... <laughs> Let me clarify that. <laughs> right. No. Um, well, I mean, it just depends on, like, what you mean by educated, like you brought up, but, um... Because, like, back in the day, you would basically have your career, like, set if from, like, when you were 16, because you just were... You would just have an apprenticeship in, like, the guild system, and you just right. learn your skill and just stick with that. Yeah, and I I don't know. I, I think some other countries kind of run that way. Um, they There's more people that are specialized in things because, you know, they have years of training as opposed to fucking four or eight. Like, I think metal, medical school and law school are, like, the two that are the longest. It's, like, I, I'm blanking on the number of years, but I think and that's, Depending like, on what you could do, like, depending on what it specifically is you're doing in that, I think some medical... Sp- takes up to like 10 years or something yeah right? 10 to 12 so and they're highly yeah. specialized in engineering and and like it like more of that is like experience on the job and just like you know kind of snowballing of what you've done before obviously you never stop learning in those fields because it's constantly changing but um yeah i mean just for setting, those like, like for those fields that makes sense though because like let's say like you want to be a surgeon like you really need to know like what the fuck you're doing yeah um, and obviously, like, that's a rare skill, so it makes sense that, like, you have to be committed, like, 100% if you want to do that. Yeah, no, you do, and uh, I think... Um, so like, that's why, like, I would never look down upon someone who wants to go to medical school, because I'm like, I mean, yeah, that's a valuable skill that serves, like, the that serves other people very well, like, if that's really what you think you're meant for to do then go do it when we need everybody like everybody has their place like even yes exactly jobs that no one wants to do or like the jobs that don't pay well but they give you so much convenience like fast food or fucking entertainment or whatever the fuck right so like everything has their place and life would be miserable if you know those didn't run more efficiently or if we didn't have them at all but I remember, like, my high school, I had a bunch of different types of programs. Like, there was architectural, drafting, you know, there was CAD, there was engineering, there was, like, the auto shop had a program at a school that you could go and, like, work on race cars. So, it's like, our my school had a bunch of opportunities that I should have taken advantage of that I didn't. But I think a lot of them were getting um, 
stripped away obviously because of funding or they just were too many fucking kids so it's like they're just need more classrooms for generalized education or a lot of it was esol too so i think a lot of it was just being stripped away so i I don't know how much is left there but when i was there i didn't realize you know the amount of benefits i could have been taking i just took all it for granted there was um i don't know if i've mentioned i probably told you in person but i don't know if i've mentioned on here I did a lot of AutoCAD stuff. Like I, I could have been certified in AutoCAD if I stuck with it. And I think it was Lockheed Martin or Micron. One, I think actually I think it was Lockheed Martin. They were taking kids out of high school that were certified in AutoCAD, and they would be entry level drafters. Um, so there's just a bunch of shit like that that they did that I didn't do. So like, do you still like? I mean, are you still happy like with where you're at now? I'm happy with what I'm doing. I just I. I just, I don't know. I mean, obviously I just, it sucks that everything is getting super inflated and expensive and like, I have to, I can't have my own place. So I have to fucking rent out from other people. And you know, I, it's, I can't have someone to share it. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't have like that normal, comfortable home style life. It's nothing like super stressful, but obviously like making more money. And like, I, I've never been the one to like be super ambitious about like physical or material success or like, like having a title or anything. But I think the more people I meet and just the more, um, reputation that I build, I think it's something that I'm starting to get a little bit more drive for. But again, I don't want to like spiral myself and be, that's what the only thing that's important to where it just makes me depressed if I don't gain it. So I'm at this weird crossroads where it's like, I'm happy with what I'm doing and where I'm at, but it's just not enough, you know, financially. And it's not enough, you know, I, I think for me, like, going to California and like seeing people in suits and seeing people just be successful and made it and just talking to other people and just being in that circle, I think is a little enticing, but again, I don't want it to just consume me. So who knows, but I do have some kind of drive. I'm not just complacent. Yeah, you don't want to become a member of the elite. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to be, I don't want to have so much prominence to where it's a problem, but like, you know, I want to have, you know, I like having a good reputation and being, you know, respectable in a field that, that makes that, that sounds good to me. I, you know, and if I never have to be worried about money, then I'll be fine. Yeah. It's just like we mentioned on this, like just being able to live financially stable is just so nice. Yeah. And I I can imagine God knows where we're going to be in fucking two years or even this fall, but I don't know. I just, I hope it just keeps going because I don't have a contingency. So we, right. We, dude, but the we was you? so you, uh, fun. What's your oh, sorry, was, That was such a bad uh, attempt to change the subject. I could talk about that later. Yeah. Um, what am I trying to do? You said. Well, I know, like you're you're talking about how you have abilities to move up in the job that you're at now. So yeah, dude, I actually wouldn't really mind doing that because a lot of the people where I work, and keep in mind, it's it's a small business. It's not a lot of people. Like, especially in the office, I don't even think it's 10 people. Um, Those are always the best. Yeah, and, like, I could tell, like, these people, they really, they all like each other because they've all known each other for, like, 20 years, you know, and they've all been working there for a long time. Um, they, I don't know how to say, like, it's just so homey when I'm there, especially like, when I'm eating lunch with them. Like, it's all, like family style you know where we pass food around and all that stuff like hey hand me some napkins it's 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 all like that and like we all do our own dishes and we all just kind of help out and like we all clean up the office it's it's a nice place and the other thing is that they're all like kind of old right 
And so they're not, I don't know how much longer they're going to be in this job before they retire. So that's why, like, one of the guys told me he's so happy that a guy that's my age is working with them as opposed to like somebody who's like 40 who was the last guy in my position be like, you know, having the, the warehouse job because that guy doesn't necessarily have the same drive as I do. Cause you know, he's way older and like just, he's lived a lot more of his life, but also um like that, it would be harder for that guy to establish himself in a company like this when he's that old and like to be able to move up and stuff like that. But like for me, since I'm here and I'm really young, I can stay here for a long time. I can make a lot of connections. Um, yeah, and I can just see how like things are done, especially like the That's guys. That's the most important part. Pay attention to that extremely yeah. well. Yeah, because you like might I was, be, you know, in charge of it one day if you want to keep going. Yeah, yeah, like that's what I was saying earlier today. The amount of stuff we never realize how much is goes into building and, and like a building or like a facility or like anything like a construction project because you need all of the woodworkers you need all of like the flooring the walls the paint the drywall the electricity the air conditioning like there's and there's also like all this legal stuff you need to do there's a lot of stuff that goes into making a building and so and also, like, you need someone, obviously, to oversee it and all that stuff. And that's, like, what my boss does. And he was telling me, he's like, hey, I'm I'm getting kind of old. So, like, you know, it'd be nice if you stayed around and I could show you around. <laughs> and that kind of just made me think, like, oh, yeah. So, like, this is not, like, a disposable summer job. Like, this is something that I could actually, like, invest my career in. And the guy who was in not the position right before me, but the guy who was he was in the position before the guy before me, he moved on to a different part in the same company. So now he's an estimator and he was telling me, he's like, yeah, this is like my career now. <laughs> but like, he never thought that that's what his career would have been. Like he went to college and he did all this stuff and he like lived in LA for a little while, but now he's like, no, I, this is my career and I, and I can actually do this very well. Yeah. And there's nothing more to ask for. And it's, I mean, it's, you're lucky to get in that position because a lot of jobs that you just, you know, walk into are dead end. So you, know, you get in and good with the people and small enough to where you're able to move up and be, you know, considered for more than just being an employee. Like, you know, I mean, honestly, like it's, that's the way to go. And, you know, yeah. the experience that you're going to gain is a lot better than anything you learn in college, especially the area that we're in. Like that's always going to be needed. And especially for higher level contracts, like, you know, for the government or for big tech, because that's big here. So, you know, I, yeah, I don't man. think that there's, like I said, yeah, it totally could be a <laughs> big career advancing move for you if you stick around and, you know, go as high as you can go. Yeah, like they were telling me how like during COVID, they, I mean, obviously the business went down, but they were not allowed to close because it's under construction and construction is listed as essential and all essential things are like required to stay open even in like you know a time like covid or something like that right yeah or like war let's say um god forbid um yeah and like obviously the warehouse it's such a nice feeling being a steward to something you know and like i gotta obviously like sometimes it, they're there come situations where I get really busy and I just things pile up, like the papers on my desk or like the paint buckets sitting around the 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 warehouse that are haven't been put up and stuff like that. But it's so nice just being able to actually just like, all right, I'm gonna clean this, move this here, we can tidy that up, do all this stuff. It's it's a very 
happy feeling that you get from that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you get the same feeling when you have to clean stuff in the guitar store. You got to move this guitar around like, Hey, like what can we do to like save space? Let's rearrange this and all that. <laughs> I'm super this. fucking unorganized. So it's not that, but I, I do find like working <laughs> on it. Yeah, I just, that's how I've always been working <laughs> on it. Um, but no, I, I do find like, you know, fixing instruments or working on them or cleaning them specifically relaxing. And I, I also like it too, because it does feel like I'm providing a service. Like a lot of people, when I do, fix it up for them like they're really grateful or like it gets them back into playing again and they're super happy or it feels really nice so that part of it too is really gratifying just you know i, I don't feel like i'm doing something that's dead end or i'm just you know in the fucking gear rotation for the next thing you know i'm not doing the same thing yeah. over and over again so i get but to see like the actual personal gratification on people's faces and interacting with them so that part socially i really love as well and it makes me just solidify that that's what i'm supposed to do yeah, and I can tell, dude, like, when I deliver something to, like, a job site that somebody, like, desperately needed, like, I can just tell, like, on their face, they're like, like, thank you, man, for, like, com coming out, like, an hour of your way to, like, bring this to me. <laughs> yeah, and no, and that goes a long way more than people realize. Obviously, if you're in a place where you can't advance, you're just going to get taken advantage of, but, like, if in your position, like, the one that you're in, like, that's how you build your reputation, that's how you make more money, essentially, like, you just, <laughs> people don't understand, like, you have to fucking you know, you're going to get what you give if you're in the right spot and you choose the right thing. Well, yeah, because how you compose yourself is really going to determine how, like, you know, like you said, what you're going to get out of it it's so and how people are going to treat you back. On a creepy level. <laughs> on a creepy level. It's so I would, fake. I don't know, it's but... fucking dumb, but it, it's important. Yeah. Um, it's just so weird. Cause like, there's so many jobs now. Like it's insane the level of variety there is in the modern world for employment, you know? Yeah. Because, like, we could have these super advanced, like, tech skills that, like, only, like, two people know how to do, but then at the same time, you could still just find standard traditional work. Like, I'm going to build a house, or, like, I'm just going to paint a house, or I'm going to do all these, like, physical bare hand things, you know? Yeah, and that's why I, I go back and forth when people bitch about stuff like that because obviously, like, I I know I've made this point clear. Like, if you're working full-time, no matter what fucking job it is, I don't think you should struggle to live. But at the same time, there are a lot of smaller businesses or places where you can just jump in if you know the right person or something that's just, you know, totally on a whim that you might not know that you can make a career out of it. And it is a lot more difficult to find and it is a crapshoot. And you really, I mean, obviously there's jobs that you would probably would hate to do, but if you make it your career, it just depends on who you are as a person. But I see a lot of people bitch about that. Like they're all like, it's, it's also people that mainly just get restaurant jobs. Like, you know, it's going to be a dead end no matter which one you do, unless you're a really good fucking server or you're really attractive or you're a really good bartender or you work in a really busy restaurant in a city. Like, unless you're like, most people are working at Red Robin bitching about they can't make money you know what i mean like there's just like they know they're gonna get into another dead-end job but that's the only thing they can do because it's the only thing that they're qualified yeah, for but they exactly. wouldn't go to like a random yeah. like a pool supply store and find out they're good at installing pool you know what i mean like it's just sometimes you just have to really just shoot in the dark and then see if it works out and supposed to doing the same thing over and over again and then bitching about it not being lucrative like you know it's not gonna be lucrative <laughs> yeah because it's it's like you know that there's only so much you can get out of the certain job like especially like yeah. with mcdonald's I mean, obviously, you can move up to McDonald's and become a manager and move up in that respect. But also, like, um, I mean, I, I, there's no way I wanted to do that. 
but if you don't want to do that the money is not there it sounds like it's more stress and it's more work and responsibility than is necessary so like it, it doesn't sound like it would be a good move up anyway right um the highest i could have moved up i was like a backup i was the backup maintenance guy for a little while at one of the stores but the problem was the two guys so i worked at two mcdonald's remember both of the guys that were there at the respective stores were both like one some of like the best guys so like they were not leaving anytime soon right yeah so like because they got paid they pay those both guys like a lot of money because like almost all the mcdonald's in the districts want them and they they compete for like like the the payments of like that like no we'll pay him this much you know? yeah it's just a bunch of stupid fucking bureaucratic nonsense but on a peanut level it's just dumb but it, yeah it's funny how this shit's happening at mcdonald's you know <laughs> god like man. just fighting over the maintenance dude <laughs> dude for a little while they were actually fighting over me are you serious oh yeah because like the lady at the other store like at the, by the manassas airport she wanted me like full time but then the other lady was like no nope, i don't want that <laughs> like he's based at my store so i need i need him you should have been for at least like, a little bit all right ladies you gotta gotta do some favors to keep <laughs> uh no i am never doing that so <laughs> no no i'm fucking around um yes, yeah dude, do me I... do me a favor and listen to cuban music <laughs> what do you guys think about this this is kind of close to your culture right <laughs> no i wouldn't say that <laughs> No, I don't think there's like any. The only Caribbean people I know out here, are like some, I know some Puerto Ricans and then like a couple Dominicans, and that's really it. Yeah, I was about to say it. I mainly just know. There's Car- no Cubans. Or, uh, yeah. I mainly know um, Jamaicans and Puerto Ricans and like some Dominicans. I know a couple of Dominicans. Yeah, I've, I think I've met like one Cuban, but like he's not our age. Like he was just some random like middle-aged dude in the drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Cuba. Do you want to go to Cuba soon? Um, if it's legal, yeah. I think I'm pretty sure it's legal. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's so I just so pretty. I just love the the visual aspect of Cuba. Yeah, and it's so I don't gorgeous. Know what the, I'm certain the beaches are really cool down there, and just like all the architecture and all the old styles of buildings and all that. It would be really fun to go in. Also, like trying like authentic Cuban food would be really awesome too. I really want to try Cuban food. From food down in the Caribbean is very good. Um, yeah. Oh, have you read The Old Man in the Sea? A fucking million years ago. I don't even remember what it's about. I love it. I just read it not too long ago. Um, it like, Do you remember what it's about? I don't. I really don't. You know what? Another thing about it, I haven't read it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, okay. I, it sounds like something I would read, but then I, I haven't. I don't even. What is it about, though? Well, okay, so The Old Man in the Sea is about this old fisherman in Cuba who he's never really caught, like, a fish before. (laughs) Um, Well, okay, no, I think, like, (laughs) I think he's caught fish, but, like, I think they were, like, he wants to catch, like, a big fish, and he's never been able to, like, catch one. But then he he goes out one day fishing, and then he, he catches, like, this, I think it's, like, a swordfish or something, or, like, a marlin, like, it's really big. And he he thought about giving up because like it was towing him along like way away from the coastline and he didn't want to get that far away from the from the land. But he's like, you know what? No, I'm sticking with this fish. Like you're going down. I'm catching you. And it's just about like perseverance, stuff like that. And so it's basically the Spanish Moby Dick. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but it's a lot shorter, and there's a lot more of the actual animal in question. Because I know Moby Dick is like 700 pages, and the whale doesn't actually come until like page like 600. <laughs> I hate it, dude. I remember because like I, I was always fascinated by the story of Moby Dick, but then like I I couldn't get past the first chapter. I was like, what the fuck is this bullshit? This is like something some like emo kid would write. I've never read it. I have a copy of it actually right here on my it's, desk. It's basically but... like fucking just all adjectives. Like it's just all describing words. Like there's no fucking story. It's just this dude literally just making up random like poetic sentences about nothing. Like it doesn't even get into the story. It's a very a lot hard of people, read. A lot of people say that about Christmas Carol. Even though I think Christmas Carol is very good. They said that about Christmas. like a kid's story. <laughs> no, but you know how Charles Dickens was paid by the by the word. So he just added in like a bunch of words. Oh, I see. Okay. Just because yeah. if he did that, he would get paid more. So he's like, yeah, may as well just write another word here. <laughs> <laughs> so like it's so wordy and the sentences are so long. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of like, I just think it's pretentious. Like there's obviously really beautiful ways you can describe something, but there's also just fucking just dreary drudging out adjectives that you just don't need to say. Like, we get the picture. You don't need to fucking take two sentences to describe this guy. Like, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I for me, like, I can't get into a story if it's just a bunch of, like, just descriptions like that, but um, but I might oh. read it. How, how long is it? Which one? The Old Man in the Sea. Oh, it's like... A hundred pages, like it's like a hundred pages. I don't oh, even really? think it's that. that... It? Oh, it's it's really short. You could okay. read it in maybe like a week, <laughs> if you like, depending on how your schedule is. Obviously, if you have a whole day to read, you could read it in like three hours. But I mean, depending on how fast you read, because I know I read really slow. I, I don't so know. it took. I, I feel like I read pretty average, but yeah, I think it's better to okay. read slow because you get more of it kind of soaked into your brain as opposed to reading fast. Yeah, but I mean, some people can just genuinely read fast and they absorb it all. I can't, but yeah, I, I um, can't read. Like I like I was talking about last time. I I don't even remember the last time I've read a fucking book. I don't even like I haven't even written like a couple pages of a book, let alone a whole that. one in forever. You should read a book. Why not let it be the old man in the sea? Actually, no. You were talking about. Like how much you didn't like Moby Dick and the way it was written, you'd probably not like Hemingway's style. It's you have to get accustomed to it. The yeah, way like, he writes his sentences is really jank. I, like I said, I I like good story. So there's a lot of interesting stories that I think are just not written that well, which is a shame. But there's a lot one like I I don't know I I don't know if it's because I'm just stupid. But like when I'm reading a book and it's like very simple not that i'm not understanding the words like i like if if i look at a word that i don't know i can use context clues to like just like think about if it's like it has a positive or negative connotation or if it's like a very specific word like i'll look it up and then it might make more sense to what the author is describing but then a lot of times it's just unnecessary and it doesn't add to the story it just it just is i don't know it's it's just there to enhance the fucking iq of the person reading it i don't know but I think that was like me with Harry Potter five. That book was so long and like yeah. there was so many subplots in that that just did, did not need to be in there. Yeah. I've never read a full one of Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, you never read Harry Potter. I've skimmed through them for like I was talking. I think we talked about it on one of the podcasts. I just skimmed through them for points, but I well, never read a full book. Right. Um, that's a, 
good example of a book that like it's not really that well written but the story itself is like really good so like that's what kind of gets me going in the books whereas opposed like in terms of like literary style and stuff like that it's not much to brag about I said it last time. I don't know if people are going to think it's funny, but I think the Goosebump books are really well written. I don't know why. I haven't really read those, so I wouldn't be able to comment. They're really on that. Into, like for some reason, like I because like I I I was a lot smarter back in the day. I, I read like a lot of books. I, I did. I I read a lot. I read a lot of simple Thanks. reads. No I shame read a lot that. of complex reads. Um, but for some reason, like Goosebumps was the only story where like it really just, I could like see myself and visualize everything and it was effortless and I could just really involve myself in the story. And also since it was like a horror, I guess more of a thriller cause like I'm reading it as a kid, like it really just kind of like you could feel it and you could feel the fear, feel like the weirdness or just get into the ominous or the, yeah, the you were just excited. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which, so it's like, like, I, I feel like that's what stories should do and everybody can get that at a different level, but I've never, honestly, out of everything that I'm interested in or that I've read, I haven't read a book series like Goosebumps that gets me into the story like that. It's really strange. You know what I, I think why. is actually, I think Diary of a Wimpy Kid is very well written because <laughs> I just, yeah, it's I, I so read that satirical too. and like just, it's so absurdist. It's I th- I think it's really well done. It's great satire about like just average Joe, like you know, just American culture. Yeah, and Diary of a Movie Kid is not. I don't think it's like written well, but like it's just again, it's one of those ones I can just get into the story. And I think it's because there's pictures in it. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I didn't even want to say no, that out loud, but I did. So there we go. But I mean, it doesn't matter. But. <laughs> Also, like the pictures are funny though. Like the way he, yeah. he, I was, I mean, I was, uh, I forgot where I read this, but like you can see how this like comes from like a middle schooler's mind, like all these drawings. How like you know it pointed out how all of the guys look completely different, but all of the girls like they have the exact same face. They just have different hairdos. Yeah. So it, I, it 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 shows you like in a subtle way how Greg views girls. You know. <laughs> Yeah, and I so like I read it when I was very young, so that's why I got like if I feel like I've went back and read like the newer ones that he released now, but like this is just fucking stupid. But back in the day, I really yeah. Into, I, <laughs> but um, past like yeah. past like the third or fourth book, he was put into like a contract and he was like forced yeah. to write them. So like he just didn't like it anymore. Yeah, a lot of them. I think my favorite genre of book was like the the young adult fiction. So it's like I, I like to read a lot of stories. Like I read one story, and I wish I could remember the names, but it's been forever since I've read them. And I, I like I'll Google like the like the Spark Notes version online to see if I can find the book, and I can't find them. But like I read one about like um America passed like a two child policy, and so it, it's a story about it, like the third kid that was born and how like he had to hide from the government. So like I read a bunch of stories that were like that. Um, yeah. So that's like that young adult fiction, or is like it was very centered. Like there's one about this this kid that talks about like going through like his wild experience in high school and how it was basically run like the mafia. How like you know like there's like a specific sector of the the kids that were like doing drugs or running the school a certain way, and he was like navigating through both worlds, and he's also navigating trying to like date girls. And so it's like I related with like um the main characters that just weren't a part of any like specific social circle, but they just kind of floated in everyone's lane and they kind of like were, they're very observant and obviously they were observing because the writer is descriptive. So it's like, he's describing what the character is observing. So naturally that just kind of falls in line with how I view things as well. 
Also, like, I read a story about a boarding school in South Africa, and this kid was talking about all the wild shit that happened and, like, all, like, the hazing and bullying that he went through and how, like, you know, like, all the friends that he made and, like, stuff like that. Like, you really can just put yourself into the story if that happened to you and it's relatable. I liked yeah. a lot of those kind of stories. Um, Do you like The Giver? I did like The Giver. I think it was... That's a good one. Yeah, that was yeah. a sad one. I, the movie was... Eh, but that's the, the kind of thing. Fine. The, like, the, it's fine. It's just five out of ten. It's like, hard to it, make a movie from a book like that, so I don't really give it too much fault. Like, that's, it's difficult to do. Um, sure, and I'll... Yeah, because, like, I remember the the ending of The Giver. It was like, what the fuck? Like, that? what just happened? Remember where he just, like, leaves and he hears, like... He just sees, like a house and he just hears people singing and he just like goes into the house it's like what the fuck just happened (laughs) (laughs) and i know they made sequels but i've like i've never actually read them so i remember when i was reading the giver and this is again why i loved reading because like i could feel physical pain not like physical pain but like (laughs) this is kind of weird do you like I don't know if I'm the only one that that feels this way. Like when you see somebody like get injured, do you feel like a weird tingle in your balls? Like it's just like a you like clench up and like fucking you feel the, it's like a rush. And it almost the, feels like it's weird goosebumps. Like it goes like it goes over really quickly, then it goes away. Do you feel that in the balls specifically, yeah. or like in your lower um, stomach, just like in and like anywhere like in your lower region, it's just like a sudden rush of like tingle, and then it goes away. When like I, I see that when people get injured, like if they hit their head on something or if they hit their nuts on something. <laughs> um i probably do um there's also like during like torture scenes stuff like that i'll probably cringe a little bit yeah but like do you feel like uh, a physical like sensation like those are kind of reflex thingies not really off the top of my head okay. recalling it but i'm sure i probably do just because it's probably natural <laughs> well anyways so the that scene in the giver where like they've never experienced pain before and then he goes sledding and he like breaks his arm or some shit uh, yeah, or like when he sees war for the first time. Yeah, so the war thing didn't get me, but like for some reason, like I, you know, I've I haven't broken my arm, but I've like played sports and I've injured myself, so like I, I, you know, I get the general gist of the feeling, even though it's not as intense. But like for some reason, like when I'm reading that book and like it described him falling off the sled and breaking his arm, like it just, it, I felt that it was really strange. Um, even more than the- if I was to see it in the movie. The actual like scene in the movie, which I thought was like the most creative part about it, was how like. The whole thing was, like, in black and white until he, like, saw color for the first time. And you see, like, the apple, and it's like, oh, whoa. And, like, all the color just, like, sprung out of the, like, sort of flourishing out of the apple. I thought that was really cool looking. Yeah. And I then I think, and it's been for fucking ever since I've read the book. I think they, because, like, you didn't really catch on to that until a little bit later because like he was like, I remember them talking about describing this thing that he can't explain, but I don't think it was obvious that it was color. I may be remembering that wrong. Yeah, and um, because there, I know there's lots of restrictions like what they could do. I know they had to take these pills so that they wouldn't feel warm, loving emotions towards other people. I yeah. remember that. And then he decided to like not take it, you know, and that's what made him like rebel. <laughs> what was the the thing that they would say when he would say something that was a clarification of language or specification of language or something like that? What was the thing they would say? I don't remember that. It was like when he would describe an emotion that they didn't know about, they would, they, they would, they, it was something where it's like, it, it wasn't like in their vocabulary. So like they made him clarify it or some shit like that. Or it was a word that he couldn't say. So then they said that it was, fuck, what the hell was that? What I mean, they, it's been a, say? it's been so long since I've read it. I don't remember. I wouldn't remember. 
But you, you've also sh- read like Fahrenheit 451 too and those other dystopian kind of novels. I have not read Fahrenheit 451. What, what is that about actually? I don't know. It's about burning books, man. It's about a dystopian society about this. Hold on. Wait. Let me make sure this is the right book before. <laughs> Dude, this is, it's been for fucking ever. I, th- I think it's about like the the whole the whole point of the book is about censoring information so it's like they burned a bunch of books that that's where like where that came from burning books oh it's about like the nazis and stuff like that, or like kind of like without out explicitly being about them i think that's what it was alluding it was about fascism for sure so yeah. i mean probably yeah but it was it was about a guy that lived in a weird apartment and like something about being a firefighter and then it was just talking about how it was super just strange to live in this time frame and just I, dude i'm i'm the i'm the fucking worst i don't remember it's <laughs> something like that <laughs> yeah um oh, i guess the most the most dystopian thing i've ever read is either like the giver or if you want to say animal farm even though that's more of like a oh yeah i remember animal that's farm. like that's like more utopian where it's just talking about like the society well, and how that was it, about communism wasn't it I th- yeah, it was. It's also been a long time since I've read that one. Forgot about um, Animal Farm. I had to read that for school. Yeah, we did too, dude. In, in middle school, we had to read a bunch of good books, um, like Treasure Island. We got to read. Treasure Island was good. That was pretty good. That's where like all of like those pirate stereotypes come from. Did you read uh, To Kill a Mockingbird? Uh, I did. Yes. That um, one was pretty sad. I didn't. That one made me uncomfortable, and it was because like, like in my English class, like a lot of the kids were fucking just just read super slow so my teacher always called on me to read i don't know why but like the book During... is awkward to read in front of a class because they say the n-word so fucking it's like reading tom sawyer yeah. it's just like, i know <laughs> and it's like it's really strange yeah um i would be curious to go back and check that one out because i didn't i thought it was like kind of I, I kind of looked at it as like a, this was good for its time because there hadn't been a book that had ri- bit, that had said something like that before. Yeah, um, maybe I I like it a lot better when I whenever I read it again. I think the worst books I've ever read and also worst movies was The Great Gatsby and Catcher in the Rye. I fucking hated those books. I was okay. So a lot of these books that I was assigned to read in school, um. I never actually read them, but I just know what they're about because we would <laughs> yeah. go over it, right? Yeah. So then I, I, I can be like, yeah, I read it. I know what it's about, even though I never really read it. Uh, the Great Gatsby was one of those. Dude, um, you didn't miss anything. It was so fucking boring. Like, it was it was just like, it's like, if you like being a socialite, sure, you'd love that book. But, like, there's nothing fucking, there's no depth in that fucking shit. It's basically like Hollywood gossip and just fucking, like, I don't know. It's just, it was just awful. It's just, I hate like, I'm trying to, how do I put this? I hate like when it was the same, my same problem with catcher in the rye. Like the main character was just super bitchy and just like, you couldn't relate with him at all. Catcher in the rye. I never read that, nor do I know what it's about. All I know is that people hate it. So it's about like a kid. That's like, he's like this pretentious, like dick that is like, he forced like, he's like, like we were saying in the last podcast, he has protagonist syndrome. So it's like, he just thinks he's better than everybody else. And everyone's a phony. And he just goes through life depressed. Like it's a fucking stupid book. Um, and it's, you know, the, the thing with, uh, <laughs> with John Lennon's killer, right? 
What about it? John Lennon's like, killer was influenced by Catcher in the Rye, and he thought that John Lennon was like the phony, fake people that this kid was talking about. So he just was inspired to kill John Lennon because of this stupid fucking book. Good job, whoever wrote Catcher in the Rye. Woo! <laughs> I think um, J.D. Salinger wrote Catcher in the Rye, and he was like a. He's super reclusive. He didn't like all the notoriety that he got from that book, so I think he just like became a hermit, or something. So it's How like how long he, ago was it written? Uh, I don't know. Some I think in the twentieth century at some time, okay. which is really vague. But I don't know. <laughs> but no, it was for just some, I. I hated like, both those fucking books. For some reason, I always thought the Catcher in the Rye was like Chinese or something. No. Okay. No, I think it's it was like, based in like New York City. Yeah, guys. Okay, okay, so it takes place like in America. Yeah, same thing with Greg Gatsby too. Um, have you read Life of Pi? I did. I but it's been forever. I saw the movie too. I don't know. It. I I, I love like... the movie. I think the movie is fantastic. Um, like even though there are some issues I have with the movie, I think it's overall like a really great cinematic experience. The book, um. I remember, obviously, I didn't read all of it, but because I was a stupid young kid who didn't want to read books for school, but I read some of it. I thought that it was kind of like the style is not, you know, it's not conventional. It took a little bit to get used to, but I did like something better about the book than the movie. So, you know, in the movie, he like at the end, you know, like when he's in the hospital with the Japanese people and he's, they're asking questions, he gives them a, like an alternate story. Yeah. But then, like, you have the guy just say, like, oh, so you're the tiger, your mom's the zebra, this person's the tiger, and all that stuff. Like, he just says it explicitly what it is, remember? It's been forever. I don't think I fucking do. Yeah, well, okay, but but he he just basically just explains the allegory of that, and I'm like, they could have just left that up to, like, the people to figure out what he meant by, like, how he was the tiger. But also... Like I was saying, in the book, what I liked better is that it did leave that up more to interpretation because a lot of people think that in the book, he never actually was shipwrecked with a tiger. Like the the tiger was just like his, his internal, like just re- like, like bad side, like his rage that would come out sometimes too much and it would like, it, it would overtake him some like it like at times it, it would get to him and he would have these battles you know because you know how he kept trying to tame the tiger throughout the story and he kept trying to like to like suppress it and and train it and have it do all these things and try to try to coexist with it and all this stuff see that's what but i got from the, the book too I, I thought it was more just the metaphor yeah but um i mean there still is debate whereas in the movie i think it is explicit that that is like what happened if you see what i'm saying yeah except for like that part where he like goes to that island is kind of really trippy (laughs) yeah the life of pi was one of those stories where i it like interested me but i didn't like feel any relation to it i think but it was nice like i also like reading stories about like stuff that like i would never would think about or like something of a completely different culture where I was super interested to know how they think. So I liked it from that perspective, but it was a little bit tough to obviously besides that metaphor, which, you know, most people can pick up on and relate to um, more than others. But I think like it just didn't like, 
I think it's because like it was like the exoticness of where everything was taking place is what I enjoyed about it or like learning like a new custom kind of thing more opposed to just enjoying the story for what it was. Sort of Life of Pi, you're saying? Yeah. Um, well, I actually I thought the internal rage and just turmoil was really brought out well by that guy's performance. I thought he was excellent in that movie. Yeah. Like you felt his pain, his rage, like his sadness, like everything. I thought he gave like his all, and that was his first movie. That was his first. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, he did such yeah. a good job. Um, There's a lot of those actors that just come out of nowhere and just fucking do their first movie and just blow it out of the water. And also, I don't know if you've seen any of the behind the scenes, but the movie is so well made. Like all of the scenes in the ocean with the boat, it's really good filmmaking. Yeah, no, I I enjoyed it a lot. I liked the visuals of it. I liked. Yeah, and it's really calming. Like the way that a lot of the movies kind of just, it's not trippy. I hesitate to say, but it's more so just like dreamy and like, yeah, in a sense, yes. But it's not in in a sort of like detached from reality, trippy kind of sense. You know, it just feels it's like kind of storybook, but also like it's mystical. You feel a little bit elevated by being a part of the story. Mystical, elevated, kind of like. Like, there's this thing. I don't know if there's any way you could put it into words. It's like that happy feet. Like, you know how he goes, like, to Fucking the happy other... feet. <laughs> well, no, ha- happy feet, I think, is really good. Um, but you know how, like, it's just about, like, that... Those large, just broad views. And, like, that kind of atmosphere of just, like, those... Those huge views. Those, like, abysses. Those, like... Like, how you... It makes you feel small. And, like, you're just in this huge world that surrounds you, you know? Like, Happy Feet is also kind of like that. Like, it just kind of... It's that it's that transportation kind of thing. Which I just... I love when the, the stuff I'm consuming gives me that feeling. Like in Tool, or like in Life of Pi, like I'm saying, or Happy Feet, and whatever it is. Yeah. I love that transportation. I'm just being taken to the corners of, like, the universe kind of thing, you know? And I think to me, that's the part of any artistry that is super impressive. And like, it's, it's the secret sauce, man. It's, it's just the spice of life. And I secret sauce, man, like, cause every, everybody wants to say something, you know, everybody yeah. is dying to, to say something, you know, to, to me, it's frustrating because like, I, like as myself, like I've been into, you know, there's one point in my life where I wanted to do art or visual design. And there's a point in my life where you know, wanted to try painting or try writing a story or obviously music is what I stuck with. But like, I, I've never done anything to where I feel like it can transcend anything. Like, I feel like all the stuff I've done has been pretty surface level. And it's frustrating because there's a bunch of Same stuff thing that gives with me, me inspiration. Yeah. And it's just, I can't like tap into it myself. And it's like, it's been like chasing the dragon for years. And it's super frustrating. But, you know, it's always something to look forward to. Like, I can look back one day and be like, ah, I finally got that elevated emotion or like I was, you know, taken to a different place consciously. And I just elevated myself by creating something and I just haven't gotten to there yet. But, <laughs> Oh, um, did you like my poem about the sea? Yeah, I did. I'm blanking on what, it, <laughs> what it said, but I did remember liking it. I mean, Hey, you could pull up the, the lyrics now. Did you make lyrics to it or did, was it a video? I mean, it's written in the video. Oh, it's written in the video. Why don't yeah. you fucking read it to me and explain it? Why don't you, little class project, I suppose I um, just awkwardly read it to you since you're the one that yeah. wrote it. Yeah, <laughs> I could do that. 
William. Um, okay, I'll read it to you guys now. There I stood in the presence of the sea, hoping something would come to me. Something good or something bad. It did not matter what it had, only that something would come to me. Solely from the abyss had I longed for the sea, the abyss from which we all wished to flee, the one without triad, the one without glad, the abyss that many of us end up to be. Waiting and waiting, I gazed at the sea, hoping something, anything, would eventually come to me. The waves did make me happy, but also quite sad. Was there anything before that I even had? I wanted no more than to melt and plea. When you wrote it, did you get like um? Uh, well, no, I I I, well, I wasn't finished. <laughs> Why did you pause then? Because <laughs> I had to see the thing to like see what the next like um stanza was. Sorry. <laughs> the more and more I searched in the sea, something indeed did come to me—an entity, an icon. I could not decipher what it had. All I could do was admire like a lad. It was not until now that I finally began to see. Out there in the horizon revealed a figure split in three. He was three, but also one. It just all made sense to me. I felt nothing of being mad, nor anything of being sad. It was a feeling I never felt before. I simply felt free. Yeah, I did like it. I like um, giving like very... Because like in your mind, like what was the... Obviously, like you have something that was super visual and emotional in your head when you like you describe something that is what you're longing for. And a lot of people kind of attribute that to being like looking out at the horizon or it's that sense of longing. At least that's what I feel when I look out into the ocean. So it's like, what did you visually have in your head when you were describing that thing that came to you? Well, I mean, I was honestly curious to know first what you thought. I don't get the, the split in three thing. Um, <laughs> I thought knowing me, you'd know what it was. Oh, okay. So that's what you related it to the Trinity. Yeah. Right, um, and that's why, like, because I I don't want to necessarily just tell you that, but obviously you kind of could figure it out. But um, well, I mean, if like basically, I was li- I was reading it basically like I I mean I didn't really attribute it to religion, but like if like if someone didn't know you and just like was reading that, I was curious to know like what they would come up with in their head, like looking out like something yeah. like split in three, and I mean obviously it's super right. internal, but that's what I was just curious about. But yeah, I mean, concretely, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> Right, but also like I try, I tried to write it in a way so that like, even if you are, if you if you aren't in that bubble, like you could still look at like listen to that and be like, oh, what is that? That sounds cool, you know? Yeah, because it's no. like, what is this figure that he's talking about that he sees at like the? Because the whole thing is like, like I was talking about how like the character was in the abyss, and he's just so glad that he's out, and he's just been on this journey, and when you finally get to the end of the journey, which is like the the, the shore leading to the sea like you're you like you're waiting for something you know like there you're like there has to be something in the horizon something on like the like in in uh, out there in the water waiting for me you know like what is it <laughs> yeah so that's i mean that's the same like i said the same sense of longing that i feel when i do look out but like for me like it's never been like the end of the journey so it's just like it's like a temptress and you know meaning that as a double entendre but like you know, like looking out, like there is something that isn't completed. There is something that you're missing or something that's out there and like new horizons, new beginnings, yada, yada, yada. But, um, but it's also like a piece to it. So it's like, it's, it's like, you're going to get to that spot, but it's like, that's what you, and I think that's the whole point is like, you get to that place where you have to do a little bit of reflection 
it seems like looking back to go forward if it's productive but i do like looking out into the ocean for that reason like i i, I pretty much feel that every time that's why i enjoy doing it especially listening to music because i feel like it's just you know i feel it's the next evolutionary step and i always visualize like i i can't visualize specifically things that i'm longing for so it's like if i was to write you know a version of your poem of the sea like i wouldn't have a concrete thing i would have like something like you know like muted colors or are related to something that just like is like a a spike of an unknown emotion or something that's just like an overwhelming but like it's nothing that has a physical form or shape it's just something that's more of a revelation yeah um well so i didn't really have it in mind that it was going to be that specifically but when i was writing this i just knew like all right i need something of like i had the idea like this guy's looking out into the sea and he's looking for something because he knows something's going to be there waiting for him but he doesn't know what it is he doesn't know when it's going to happen yeah and he doesn't know like like he does not none of the details regarding that that's all i really had in mind I wrote something kind of similar back in the, not similar, like in that context, but like, I, I, I never wrote poetry. I wrote more like short stories. I wrote a story about like a dude that, um, he ended up like fucking storm happened. And then he was just clinging to like a wooden piece of the ship. And he's just out in the middle of the ocean with nothing around. And it's like super calm. There's no waves. There's no clouds. It's just blue, blue and blue. And he like comes across this like floating raft and there's like, I really like visualize in my head of like, um, you know, like the Island of Crete where it's like a bunch of like red and blue pillars and like, there's a bunch of like yeah. destroyed columns. So it's like a, it's like a fragment of that city was just floating in the middle of the ocean. And like, there are just these like people that were standing on the middle of the raft and like they're actors. So they would perform different scenes of this dude's life that have been like awful and like all the ones that have been good. So it's like, he got to see and relive all the stuff that he's been through. And then he eventually just, you know, the, the, the thing disappears and he just dies. And then like, he just left with the fact that like, he's not going to have anything new. He only can like relive a little bit of his past before he goes kind of thing. So like, I had a lot of really like, just like stupid, like dead end depressing stories like that. <laughs> I actually kind of like that. Yeah. So like, I, I kind of, and I wrote like some fables too, but it's just, I don't know. Like I, again it was just it was a lot more i could get that emotion in my head but like physically recreating it just didn't do anything for me so it just kind of stopped um i'm writing another one which i hope to get out soon it's called sneaky peaky it's called the desert the desert i have some of it written down um i don't know if i would want to share it right now but let's do when you're done is it like a another poem or another short story it's another poem. It's like the sequel to the sea. The sea in the desert. Is there going to be called the swamp? Since you're from <laughs> and it the just bayou. has a the sw- oh no when I hear the swamp I think of like the like you know how people refer to like Capitol Hill as the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> I mean DC is technically built on the swamp. That's why they say it. Um, oh I, okay I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so I fucking marky as fuck up there dude what so other muggy. right i'm trying to think of other kind of like biomes i guess i just <laughs> <Minecraft>. biometry <laughs> from minecraft oh yeah uh, but, okay what like i'm just thinking of other kind of environments like there's what else i could do i could there's do like snowy mountains you can talk about that but that doesn't have the same ring to it like 
the snowy mountains. That's a <laughs> shitty name. But like, but the natural um, skyscrapers. Ah, <laughs> uh, like the the concrete jungle. The concrete jungle. That's better, but it's still not great. Um, the tundra. I could do something about that. Um, it's vast and open it. like a sea in a desert. Yep, the forest, the cave, the um, what else is there? Yeah, there's the mountains. There's the jungle. There is the lake, the ocean. You gonna hit? You gonna hit all the climates and time zones? Oh yeah, we gotta hit them all. No, okay, I'm probably not gonna do this, but uh... <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Do you eventually, um, I mean, obviously you're just doing it for fun, but do you eventually want to get things published or like put them out somewhere for people to look at? I mean, obviously besides like, YouTube. If people like it, sure. Interesting. Like if people are like, I want to have a collection of Will Zeldin's poetry. I'll be like, yeah, sure. I'll get it out. It definitely would be a more productive use to like put it in the tense of song lyrics or a concept album or anything like that. I mean, hey, if you ever want to use any of this stuff for your music, you can go ahead. I'm a steal your IP, bro. Well, no, you better <laughs> credit me as the guy who wrote your lyrics. Ghostwrite that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. Uh, yeah, no. I, I know. It, I mean, having this conversation kind of makes me really want to get back into it because I, I feel like I'm like missing a piece of myself because it was a big deal for me back in the day. And I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. I, I, I was. <laughs> I'm a lot more. I was a lot more fucking refined back then than i am now i, I feel like i'm regressing <laughs> i really oh, do i didn't know that but you're talking about just just in that specific writing field or just in general in life man in just oh. fucking everything dude i think i'm getting more refined as time goes on i mean i'm, I'm still not great obviously in, in anything i do like my videos are still really not that good um my actual like how I speak is still really bad. I still sound really young and immature and I fucking hate it. Um, I'm with you, man. I used to also, be a better. Right. Also like my guitar, I still can, I'm learning and I'm getting better, but I, I'm still not that good. You know, if you know what I'm saying. I think if you have a discipline of anything, it helps you just <laughs> smooth the edges out as a person. Well, but I don't know. I think, I mean, there is, a lot of reference to just being just reading or just having perseverance to do things or just trying to learn a new skill or just go back into the things that made you stronger as a person. Like I, I can't think of another thing besides music back in the day that I really had any connection to. Like I didn't have any connection to my parents or to any of the sports that I played or anybody I went to school with and you know, nobody that was really close to. So it was almost like, you know, it was like my hidden identity, man. Like I, I viewed the world from this observant lens and it just amplified that, that was, when I read so, so. Sorry. Yeah, that was kind of me too. Like I would just write poems when, like I was like on lunch break or something in high school, like in back at like New Orleans high school. Did you have like a, um, not like a, like, I, I, I mean, I assume like, did you feel like you're like the odd one out or like you didn't really have like a specific oh, yeah. thing to belong to? Oh, definitely, dude. I was fucking miserable over there, man. Were you really? Oh, yeah, dude. You wouldn't believe it. Did you get I mean, bullied? Have we talked about this? I don't think so. I, um, I mean, I know you said that you got, like, 
into like a thing where you didn't want to move up here and like you're kind of going back and forth but i don't think you ever talked about like going through school all right because like i had friends but like not all of them went to the same high school as i did yeah same with me right um i mean for lack of a better term yeah i kind of was bullied but it doesn't really matter anymore (laughs) what were you bullied for just being an outsider yeah um I like to sing and dance, which that never goes well with douchebag fucking assholes. Got it. I'm, I'm piecing it together hate. now. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like to sing and dance. Like, you know how I am. You know how I speak. You know how I just, my mannerisms are. I'm yeah. not a college frat boy. Like, I'm a pretty weird dude. And I have a lot of weird niche interests that to these dipshit assholes, they're just going to think it's lame because everything is just lame. You know, like, oh, it's fucking lame. I'm like, no, you're retarded. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> i'm sorry like and also like i mean i was never good at sports like even when i tried wrestling i sucked at it so you know <laughs> i yeah and obviously like being more open about that kind of stuff makes it difficult i never was bullied like all the all the fights i was supposed to be in or people that mess with me like i i always just talk my way out of shit like i i, I knew how to talk to people back then the, to where it was never a problem i also wasn't like super open like i i wouldn't barely talk to anybody or if i did like i was just like joking around or being like the class clown like i, I really didn't like show myself to people so it's like all the interests that i had that most people weren't interested to do i i never like brought to school like i didn't read books at school I didn't even listen to music at school. I didn't like draw anything or write anything. Like I just, I did all that shit at home. I just, at school, I was just bored as fuck and just sat there. Like I didn't really like just, you know, socialize or just get into the whole culture of it. But I feel like if I did, I probably would be bullied or have more of a problem. But I don't know. Like I, I wasn't really like good at sports, but like I could hold my own against other people that were more massive than I was playing football. So I, it was fine. Like I, I had friends from that and like most of the people on the football team were pretty protective. Like they weren't assholes. So it's like nobody really fucked with me just from that. Cause I was always hanging out with the football kids. Um, nice. yeah, yeah like I, you did- I, I probably would have hated sure. you in high school. Like you probably would have really annoyed me in high school. Like I didn't like the theater kid, eccentric trope cause they're really dramatic. No, I hesitate to call myself a theater kid. Well, not like a I'm theater not... kid, but like someone that's really open about like artistic stuff like that. Like it probably would have annoyed me in high school. <laughs> no, I'm I'm very open of like my artistic interests in all these different fields. Like right, like we talked about movies, music, all this stuff. You yeah. know, but like to a lot of just dipshit assholes that I went to school with, that's not interesting because what they're interested in is just nonsense that doesn't even matter anymore. Right. Like fr- like from a young age i could tell that like there was shit that just like lasts long and fulfills you as opposed to shit that just like you forget about like in a few weeks you know well it just depends like you can get either of those feelings from anything it just depends if you're genuine about it or not i wish you could put it that way but you do see what i'm saying though right yeah i mean like I mean that that just goes like with my point of having standardized education you're getting a bunch of people that don't mesh together and you're making them do the same fucking thing and they wonder why they go spiral or go out of control cuz like everybody's not meant to do the same thing like you know if you had that more of a specialized where you're around kids that had more of that drive or that more artistic ambition or like were like you in that way it wouldn't have ever been a problem and the other people that were into the more physical stuff or the more um well, I mean a lot of this just comes from that, like, my family is just not, we're a lot different than just, like, average Joe people, um, and that doesn't mean we're better 
or worse than anybody. But you mean you're um, more sophisticated? Is that what you're trying to say? I mean, in certain aspects, but there's also things that we're not sophisticated in. But a big thing is just like because of how like mixed we are, like ethnically, so to speak. I just feel like my parents don't really necessarily fit into any category and neither have I really. I've always kind of felt that like I never really had that. I mean, at times I've had it, but it's never stuck with me long term until like I've gotten here in Virginia. But um, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of how it is. And that's why I kind of always just felt like, I mean, obviously not like an outsider, but it was just like, I just... I'm just like, I don't really understand why these people think like that, or I can see how I think this way, and my family's like this, but why is not everyone like this, you know, because I'm just questioning things like that as a little kid. I mean, I think it's natural. I, I think if you're just in a position all the time to where you don't feel like you belong to any sort of thing, it just, that's just what your brain just kind of fills in the gaps. And I, I still feel like that now. Like, I, I'm not really sophisticated as a person, but I still feel like I just don't really connect with anybody really like there's nobody that I can talk to where it's just like, I really resonate with that. And not, I mean, and I, and I'm not saying that to like brag, but like, I I hate it. Like I, I hate like not connecting with a lot of people or just like, I, I, I mean, just being cynical, just most of the time people just don't say what they mean anyway. So it's just like, there's no point in listening to the bullshit, but I just, I don't know. I don't like yeah, people are just not honest, man. Like, it's not even that. It's just like that. I hate it people. It is though. I mean, well, I mean, on the surface level, like there's always reasons for things, but just like right, even yeah. if people like wholeheartedly believe something, I just it, it also just irritates yeah. me too on that level because like it's especially if it's something that's really fucking stupid or if it's something that's just dangerous. Like those people are even worse than the people that make up stuff. <laughs> the people that actually believe things, especially the crazy it's, things um, they believe. You know that famous Obi Wan line. He goes. Who is more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? <laughs> it's that shit, dude. Yeah, honestly, I mean, not the victim more blame, foolish. but it's usually the fool who that you follows think? him. Yeah, right. Because, I mean, uh, that goes to anything, like, with cults. It's like, that's their prime target is people that are super desperate. And, I mean, it's just people that are less social or more socially inept. And that's kind of fucked up to say, but it's true. Like, you <laughs> talk to the people that have gotten involved in cults and you listen to them how they were back then versus, you know, all the revelations that they've learned and they're completely different people. So it's like, that's why it's important to honestly be an outsider because you don't want to get sucked in. There's so much bullshit to get sucked into. I'm sure a lot of people would say that about me. (laughs) What do you mean? Like revelations of being a different person. What do you mean? Like revelations of being what? Like different how? Oh, like just in terms of like my personality, like what I value. Oh, like stuff. you being different from them being, I, okay, I see. Yeah. So, um, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't fucking matter. As long as it's like productive to you and it's productive to them, like it, they're both can exist and it's fine. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't really fucking matter. It only matters just socially. Like if you feel like you have no one to connect to, or if you like, you notice like tendencies in other people that are destructive or you, or if you just find them annoying, but it doesn't actually have a consequence. So it's like, you just have to look at shit like that. Like, is there an actual reason or is it just something that's just irritating? And most of the time it's just irritating. Yeah, man. I just remember being annoyed so much when I was in New Orleans. Cause I mean, I just felt like a fucking doomer, man, you know, <laughs> doomer, being zoomer. A, being a doomer, zoomer is not fun, man. Just that, 
emptiness and just like the fucking nothing and the nihilism and just oh i'm so glad i'm out of thing that kind of just kind of got you out of that like what just made you realize that that wasn't like super important or just you know made you focus on more productive things um it was either i mean i guess i have to credit like jesus but um i guess like a big thing that it was besides that i mean obviously I have to credit that as much as I can, but a lot of it was just working at McDonald's and just having like something where like, you know, I couldn't stay up like till two playing video games, something like that. If you see what I'm saying. Every time you use it as like a, (laughs) it's just strange to me because everybody that I've known that works at McDonald's fucking just loathes it. It's really funny. Well, I mean, for me, it goes to, it goes to show how much people like don't realize how much shit there is in a, in something like McDonald's, you know, because um and how much they actually contribute to society by like giving someone like a place to start out where like you know they have some responsibility you got to do shit that you don't want to do all the time but you still can progress to an extent and obviously it gets to the point where it's like what you can learn is just no more it's obsolete but you can still have that good start and it can teach you good lessons of like communications and like being um actually being obedient to your boss and like just doing what you got to do being reliable is another big thing showing someone like i am coming in whenever you tell me to like i'm never like i'm not gonna miss just whenever i'm scheduled i'm coming in and i want to just come in every time because i want to be reliable you know yeah and i think it's principles that help you in the right context and obviously you know there's a lot to learn when you're in a shitty situation i just think it's funny that most people don't credit that to those kinds of experiences which is kind of funny um also no, for me I think it's true i think sorry, you're right sorry. yeah and just like it just it changed me from like the i need to go and hang out with someone to feel um like i'm doing something as opposed to like oh i can just be working and i can feel like i'm doing something you know yeah and i think as like sure. most people like a lot of people never really get to that spot where they they don't look at the things they're doing as something that you can like progress and learn from or something that you can take into a different context and grow i think most people just look at it as a waste of time and it's easy to get into that mindset but i mean you sure. look at the most successful people and like i mean obviously a lot of them had a lot of help but I mean, it does take a certain amount of psychopathy to drive yourself to work to that standard to just make you succeed. Like, there's a fucking, there is an insanity to it. But I'm just, you know, not even just, you know, climbing that sort of success ladder, just being able to be content in your life is the biggest challenge. So it's like having the, the right work ethic to not just make you go overboard is even tough enough. Yeah. When you said psychopathy, I wanted to go psychopathy. And as soon as I said it, I was like, God damn it. I know he's going to do it. Don't you dare point that at me. That's a great I really would have hated you in high school. Um, are you sure you don't hate me now? <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Ask me again yeah. in an hour. Um, I don't know, man. Because <laughs> no, I, no, I no. feel like. I feel like I'm one of those people where, like, you like me initially, but then you realize, oh, this guy's really fucking narcissistic. Fuck this guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you you really? I mean, 
I think I'm the person where like other people would think I am. See, I don't think you're narcissistic. I think you're ethnocentric. I'm what you said? Ethnocentric. I'm ethnocentric in what? Like Judaism? No, like in just in life. Like you have like an ethnocentric way of life, but also just with like a what bunch that, of res- like your, What does that mean though? Like your culture is the thing that's the most important or the one that's right. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have like a, like oh. your way of life is like the way that things are supposed to be as opposed to like other cultures and other ways of life. I, I'm, it's oh, fucking... not, not necessarily like something that's tied to a specific ethnicity, but just like way of life is like what matters, I guess. So like, I guess like an official definition, yes, but I, I mean it more like, yeah, you have like ethnocentric like views about things just, but not in the context of ethnicity all the time, I think I should say, but I don't think you're narcissistic. Um, well, I mean, a lot of people that would think that, I mean, like, I can understand why, I mean, but there's the other thing. I'm like, why, why do you give a shit what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm just like, what am I, like, how am I threatening you? I'm not doing anything to you. Like, well, you can I, just not listen to me. <laughs> I think, I'm like, not the one making the rules. Like, <laughs> seriously. I think most people so, just don't like having dissent. Like they, they want to feel related to, they want to feel like the stuff they say is right. And because, like, I guess it's most of the time people that don't get that from their friends, family, significant other, whatever have you. So anytime and you can be like as respectful as you can about it. But it's just that just natural reaction to just fucking pull back because you're not being accepted. I think I think it's just more of an acceptance thing. But yeah, and I'm of the same vein. Like I, I could give a shit really if people, you know, if, if I if I say something and somebody disagrees with it, I don't really care. And not like, yeah. like, oh, I don't and care. Like, like I, I, I genuinely like, I think it's good to have disagreements with people, you know, if it, how do I put it? Yeah, if it's I mean, productive, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't, right. I don't feel the need those, to be yeah. right in every context or like, I, I like having people that don't agree with me. I think it's yeah, right because there's a certain like humility that you need to have when like, ne- like when you're dabbling like in a topic that you might not have footing in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, you need to have humility I, in life in general. I'm guilty of that, you know, of not having it. I could say. But um But like like you said, like the the like not like who could give less of a shit of like what it's like that's the thing, is like when people ask me, like, oh, you think X thing is wrong, I'm like, Yeah. And like what how is that like what is that doing to you? Nothing. I'm not the one making the rules, so why do you care? <laughs> Yeah, I to me, I I think, and this is what I truly believe. Like, if like you, because you can have disagreements with people about things that don't matter. You can have disagreements about things that really matter. And, but I I think if you don't have the capacity to change anything, if you're just there to bitch, then it honestly like <laughs> their opinion doesn't matter. And I mean that wholeheartedly because it should. It, I mean, objectively, it doesn't matter at all if they can't change anything. So there's no point anyway. But just subjectively, it's like, what's the point of ruling relationships with people that you disagree with if none of you can make the situation better? Like, you're fighting over nothing. You're fighting about shit you can't control. Yeah, man, we're fighting over the taquitos from Seven Eleven. <laughs> and, like, people are like, oh, I actually am doing something. I'm raising awareness or I'm raising money or I'm marching. It's like, you're not doing dick. Like, don't give that fucking bullshit. Yeah. No, you're not. That's why I don't do any of that shit. Like, activism is something that is very much... Like, like, um, 
uh, how, how do you say like it's like it, it's actively discouraged by the the church like that is not a virtuous well i think uh, that's for thing a different of doing. reason the church i mean by nature wouldn't want something that's rebellious or reformative <laughs> no no but like even no but you don't have to be like rebellious to be a to be doing activism like you can reformative, do peaceful protests say. rebellious was the wrong word i i, I think i just mean reformative. right yeah, because you can be doing peaceful protests and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at the history of this country. Like, you look at any sort of social change. Like, I mean, not really so much like the marches and the protests, but it was more of like the violence or just like the unsettledness or you know specific actions like bombings or assassinations or riots. Like, those are great incentives to have reform, right? So it's like for stuff like that. Then yeah, I mean, it does actually have change, but I don't think it's ever going to be permanent and it's never going to be good change in the right direction. I feel like it's just microcosms of okay this is probably a better step and then there's a bunch of other bullshit that trumps it so i don't know like you look at throughout history like civil rights women's suffrage all that stuff like none of that would be changed if people just bitched about it and didn't do anything about it obviously but i feel like in these days most people just fucking bitch about it or they feel like spreading awareness is the only thing that matters or their riots are unfucking focused and it just hurts the community as opposed to making the government scared you know what i mean like it it's just so because right. it's so it's weird, paradoxically like, stupid, right? But it's so weird that we're talking about like these same fucking issues that were issues like five, six years ago. You know, it's like what it's been it issues happened? forever, man. Since like yeah, it's like this is not new shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm like, what? Like it's like you're saying, like the people are still complaining. It's like, well, why has nothing been done yet? If you guys are still doing, <laughs> I think there's a difference in like bureaucracy or a bureaucratical change and like a social change because like you ask like 90% of people, the majority of them are against the government. I mean, that's just, Oh yeah. I could comfortably say that. So it's like, I feel like it's two separate things. Like I feel like stuff against what the government does is different than like all the social things that people fight about. But again, I mean, they are co they do coincide, but you know, most of it doesn't really affect our life on the small scale, unless you ruin your relationships with your family and friends over it. Um, right. Yeah. But, I I just look at it like I don't give a fuck anymore, man. Like any any awful shit that happens, school shootings, fucking abortion, inflation, murder. Yeah, but I, like it's just like whatever. The other thing is like you don't realize how much shit just is changing constantly. You know, like yeah. how I'm. It's too much. I, wish, I I talked about this. How like me and you are. We have changed. We are different people having done this podcast. You know. In terms of just in general or like socially yeah both like our perspectives are broadened our like our actual friendship is strengthened in a way and how we have just you know we've been enlightened so to speak well that's why i think it's so important because like i don't feel like anything comes off as disingenuous because like there's shit that we agree about and there's shit that we don't agree about and it's fine you know what i mean like that's why i'm saying you i feel like you have to have that with people like you don't want somebody you agree with all the time or you disagree with all the time like you have to have that balance Unless, <laughs> no, I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> Unless what? You want to go there? No, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I, I, I don't even think you know what I'm talking about, but that's the thing. I'm just I think I know you're talking about, but I don't want to go there right now. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's talk about that off uh, camera. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Fucking Christ. Yeah, <sighs> but like, I mean, just, just seeing my house today, like completely clean, spotless, it was nice. I'm like, yeah. You know, we could, you could always give something away. There's always some shit to do. Like there's always some shit to do, you know? Cause the second you tell yourself there's no shit to do, that's like when everything is going to go downhill, you know? 
I feel like you have to have no shit to do sometimes though. You gotta reset. Well, um, obviously, but like um when it when you when you say that too much, I guess. I wonder, um it always makes me think of when we, we we talk about stuff like this. It's just like how much of it is actually beneficial and how much of it is blowing off steam. So it's like there's times where like I'll I'll have conversations with people or like stuff that we talk about on the podcast and like I'll listen back to it. It's just like, huh, I didn't really mean it when I said it that way. Or it's like I wish I would have expanded on that more. Like there's sometimes where I feel like it's like when I'm talking about something that really interests me or if I'm learning a new perspective, like it's super different in the moment than it is upon reflection. Yeah, like in the the moment, yeah, you would want to, like, you said this, but you're like, yeah, looking back, I don't really know why I said that. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, I, I, like, I feel it right now, but like, I, I won't apply it to anything further in my life. (laughs) Right, and that's what makes me think of like how consequential is this podcast, you know? (laughs) Again, I think it's consequent. Like, I mean, obviously, like we're we're social animals. Like, we need to communicate, and if you find something where you enjoy communicating, I think it's good for your mental health at the very least. But Again, it's also like learn new things. Like there's a bunch of shit, obviously for for people listening. <laughs> I don't know how informative it is because there's like, oh, it's been so long since I remember this, or it's a very vague description. And like, oh, I don't quite remember how this thing went down. So there's a lot of just scratching the surface on the stuff that we talk about for the most part. Even though like in my head, it's like a vast array of knowledge. There's just so fuck. It's too much. It's too yeah, much. Like knowledge. even like the, the the central topic of this podcast, which was about the Cuban music. We could have talked about that, I'm sure, for, like, if if we listened to this thing for, like, you know, like, like multiple times, we could have talked about it for, like, hours, you know? Yeah, and it's, it's just with time, because, like, for me, like I said, it's not something I'm used to, so I can only talk about it for so much until I just run out of stuff to say. <laughs> right, and, well, also for me, this was not, like, one of, I mean, I love it. It wasn't, like, one of my favorites, but it was not the one that, like, I was kind of... Are you talking um, about the recommendation or the <laughs> the one we're currently doing? Um, The one that we just did? Like, that's the one I'm talking about. Where, like, there were some other things I wanted to recommend it to you, but I'm like, I'll give him this because it's, like, the best, like, okay, introduction. So the recommend- I thought you meant talking about, like, the, the podcast topics or just the, the recommendation. Okay. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about like the compilation of Cuban music I sent you. I see. Yeah, I mean, but the, yeah. but that's the other thing too cuz I like now like if somebody asks me I have a new perspective on it or like I can like recommend songs or like people can recommend me songs and I can know what I'm going into so it's like that's the whole point of doing shit like this and I don't know. I I feel like people are less social about it like they're it's either just a circle jerk or it's just a straight up fight and there's really nothing in between. Dude, I don't, do I, you I've, think... I've always hated that two extremes of everything. Yeah, that's really bad. Because, uh, like you said, we need discourse in yeah. human societies, you know? Like, this, do you know, like, the Socratic kind of style of of speaking in a in a group of people? I You asked me two years ago, I would have said yes, but I don't know. <laughs> so, all right. The Socratic style of speaking is where someone essentially just gets to just say their opinion without interruptions and whenever they stop they just give the go to someone else to say and then the other person does the same thing and the cycle continues so basically there's no interruptions everyone just gets to say their like whatever they want i see yeah i mean yeah i mean it kind of can get a little bit orchestrated but yeah i mean it's better than just 
fucking cutting each other off and just like never progressing into a conversation because you can't get past like the first issue that you're trying to debate about so in a way like i don't know like there's always this divide where it's like you know there there should be no discourse if you know you're debating against somebody that's an expert in their field but the whole point to me of being anything being tentative whether that's science or history or any sort of major thing that we're going through especially if if the problem never gets fixed like there's always going to be the same problem but people are arguing about what that problem is or if they're trying to protect the status quo you know so i yeah. there's always that line of like like is there a useful debate or is it just going to be a contrarian to the main thing but i, I don't know I, I think it just depends on what you're talking about but i i don't like this idea that we can't question anything just because we're not an expert in it like i feel like because like there's even sometimes where it's like even people that aren't experts like they'll bring up a question that some people that are experts haven't thought of and then they'll explore that into a different vein so it's like even if it's total bullshit and it's misinformation there's always something you can take away from it and then relook into and i i had a specific example right as before i said this and it fucking just lost me now and i'm super irritated holy fuck <laughs> fuck do you think that we will mm. run out of things to say on the podcast right now, or just no, in like no? Because the world's on, always yeah. changing. We're always pretty current about events and pretty topical, and we're not ever going to run out of music yeah. to talk about for sure. So I, I don't think so. Oh I, fuck no! Yeah. So um, no, not really. If we do what we're doing, I don't think we're ever going to run out of shit to talk about. Dude, we could literally just do an episode where it's our second listening of Echo and Gua Volume One. <laughs> do a little revisit yeah it'd be fun yeah dude what about like later on we could do a revisit of something and we could be like what do we think of these albums now you know yeah like a year later or something i don't know i do want to do that to some of them there i that could be I cool think yeah there's a lot more music now i i think too um because i i'm trying to think based off of i mean not like based off of views but there are like certain like artists and topics that bring in more views so it's just kind of like throwing a bone every now and again and doing those. But yeah. also like, it's also just keeping in the same, just sort of interest, like not just shilling out, but just doing something that people would actually enjoy listening to. Cause I, it's weird the way that, um, I don't know if it's just cause it's the way that YouTube works now. It's like, there's no dislikes anymore, but I feel like, I mean, not That's that stupid. many, like, there's, there's like, been no comments on any of them have there on the videos. Some of yeah. them, um, on, on some of my ones? other videos, I get comments. Um, I don't know about the podcast, but um, dude, our Slipknot episode got 184 views. Shooting big, it's almost dude. A, it's almost a lecture hall. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I mean, I just want like for anyone listening to this right now, like please just like I want to know what you think. Like I just want constructive criticism of my podcast. Watch them all fucking hate you. Yeah, I know. Like, Will's a fucking stupid narcissist with a would that, stupid um, haircut. Would that, like, <laughs> how like how bad would that affect you if, like, you, f- you found out, like, a bunch of people just, like, didn't like it? Like, would that really, like, ruin your day? I'm sure there's already tons of people that don't like it. I'm sure there's tons of people that think the music I play is really shit. I think there's a lot of people <laughs> that probably thought my poem was really cringe. Um, I'm sure well, there's no, tons I'm, of... I'm sure, but I'm saying, like, does it affect you? <laughs> I mean, I don't hear it personally, so I don't really know... I mean, yes, it would affect me, but, like, I mean, I could probably get over it in, like, a few minutes. It's, like, whatever. It's, like, when I, it's, like, when you see any, like, opinion or whatever on social media that's, like, stupid, you're, like, eh, that's, like, it makes you feel bad, but then you're, like, and you just leave it and then you go on and move, you move on and do something else that's more important, like, 
and then you just forget about it, you know? Well, that's good that it wouldn't, like, ruin your life. Because some people just well, no. cannot handle, like, not getting accepted or, like, just cannot handle criticism whatsoever. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. That That's, like, no. I mean, obviously, yeah, I would be affected by it. But I would probably just get over it. Because it's, like, at the end of the day, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy writing poems. I enjoy making music. I enjoy doing all these different things, you know? So yeah. that's what yeah. I'm going to keep doing. I was looking back at some of my old videos. I was like, man, I actually put a lot of craftsmanship into these like my one about what is the easiest language to learn for an english speaker i thought th i was actually really liking it I, I i need to get back and make more videos like that see those are the ones i thought would get more views the informative ones that you do they do have more views actually oh do my they? first my first video is actually my still my most viewed video how many is on there 227 <laughs> okay so not that much more um my easiest language to learn for an english speaker is 128 um dude there's a pro there's a time where like our pot oh actually no i'm wrong my jewish song that i played on the the guitar and made a video of it that has 383 so yeah it'd be really funny if we do this for like five years and like it never breaks like 500 views and like we just have like thousands of videos that like just <laughs> barely anyone watches and there's no comments we're just like floating in the ether actually it'd be yeah. really fun i kind of want to but <laughs> then, be really funny if that happens and then it's like 20 years later when the world is like in a fucking apocalypse they find this thing it's yeah. like this what was this is what was happening before <laughs> it's just because some random shit where we're talking about cuban music and joey diaz <laughs> eating a taco I was like I I I'd a uh, I would have a feeling there's a couple people that like this like how many people would be on YouTube for like years and never grow an audience they just do it for fucking ever and there's like no comments there's like no progression they just do the same shit over and over again that I'm sure there's so at least a couple sad. channels that are like do you that. know oh I'm think there's more than a couple yeah like, but there's least, probably those, a lot those kind of channels at least have some sort of like interaction or like some sort of cult following or at least some like small community of people that just like religiously watch them but like i'm saying like to just never have any of that it just like stays the same constantly for like five years it'd be fucking hilarious dude what if we got a cult following and we had like merch so you could buy like dude what if you could just buy like a t-shirt with my channel logo on it <laughs> And then you could buy one where it's like the Jason version is just the cross-eyed picture of you. <laughs> I, w <laughs> I would, that's the only version of my face. That'd be fun for a shirt. I know I've dude, people that make like, I don't know what it is, but like almost all YouTube merch is really shitty. Like the logos, oh, the fucking, yeah. like it's all awful. The only one I bought was like the bro science merch, which actually looks pretty good. I like the, like the torpedo logo. I think it looks pretty good. Yeah. Very few of them look decent, but, like, most of them are really... And they're, like, expensive, too. It's, like, fuck. It's expensive, man. It's expensive, man. Um, yeah, dude. Like, I just love this part of the podcast where we just, like... We talk about everything related to the topic, and then we go off, and we build from there. But now we're just at the point where we're just talking, you know, like I said... I Joey think it just breaks the fourth eating wall. Eating a taco. <laughs> like, I don't know yeah, if I know. people find and it like, enjoyable to listen to us just fucking, like, hey, remember when we are doing this? Remember we are doing this? We're currently doing this? Like, I don't know. But. Yeah, and just saying <laughs> random bullshit. Like I said, like Joey Diaz eating a taco, listening to Cuban music. Like it's just, it evokes that Zoomer, like just random lol humor, you know? I feel like if people made it this far, like, what is it? Two hours and Who 25 minutes. Who knows to you, man? If shit, you're listening like, to All right, that. fuck it. I'm already doing something else. Might as well listen to it. <laughs> but I mean, hey, we are trying to entertain you guys. Um, it's so dude, I, People don't realize like it's... 
like because like i don't think like in my head like i don't think about like oh i'm entertaining a group of audience like i'm just i just think i'm having a conversation with you i don't know how many people find it entertaining like there's some podcasts where it's like i don't i'm not going to be like entertained it's just like it's like relaxing to listen to people talk or i like being informed about something so like i like murder ones too i love murder uh podcasts murder podcast murder yeah you like smoke casts smoke casts yeah the fuck are those it's like a drunk cast oh no i don't think i've ever seen this you never seen any joe rogan where he's done that he does no. quite a few of them oh I, I i don't like those they're so fucking they're too sporadic for me it's i don't want to um, focus on it unless he does the one with joey diaz that one was great <laughs> Because Joey Diaz is just such like a chill dude, and he could talk about. All of a sudden, his voice is just so soothing. <laughs> yeah, he's got a very congested voice, but it's fun to listen to. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I do too. I have a slightly congested voice to me. It's more monotone than usual. I never do realized I how monotone one? it was until I listened back on these. I was like, Jesus, dude, how's my voice? I think it's really bad. Well, okay, that's the thing is because like as human beings, we hate the sound of our own voices. I, in some respect, I guess I don't hate the sound of my voice, but like, there's just like, I listen, I, I make, I, I try to make the conscious effort, like, okay, next one that I do, I'm really going to like make it sound a lot smoother, but <laughs> it just ends up just talking like this. And it's just like, uh, uh, and I'm just like, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, but, oh yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you know red letter media? No, I don't. Oh, my God. They are, like... Okay, so they're, like, the grandfathers of all, like, YouTube film slash TV critics. Um, They made those reviews of the Star Wars prequels that are just still to this day fucking hilarious. But so they, they made this this series. It's called Half in the Bag. And the intros, it would they would just have, like, some something different every time. It would just be, like, Half in the Bag... Get this shit off of my cabinet. <laughs> or just be like... I have no from- context. This all sounds like fucking bullshit to me, dude. I'm not going to lie. Or <laughs> be like, half in the bag. Why I don't even... <laughs> no, because that's the shit that stays the same. But then like they'd add something afterward. One would be like, I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't oh, know no. what's happening right now. I'm, like, I'm, I'm totally disconnected from what you're telling me right now. Right, but so Red Letter Media... <laughs> Their humor is like it really resonates with me. It does not so come like, off secondhand. I'm t- I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> um, no, I'm sure it doesn't because like you need to actually watch it for it to be funny. Because I'm telling yeah, you, dude, I, it, I have no fucking clue what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah, but do you think Filthy Frank is the same way? Where like explaining yes. his stuff is like it's not. I mean, most like what like what things are meant like are good like explaining secondhand like not nothing many. exactly. <laughs> that's why that's why language is really hard secondhand because like trying to like like how would I put this way like when you understand a language like you understand it subconsciously it's like when you laugh at a joke you just you just naturally like you just you subconsciously get why it's funny you don't have to have someone explain it to you why it's funny that just kind of ruins it you know yeah of course it's supposed to be natural I, I hate yeah. when people just like don't or like I it, it almost makes me feel like a dick because I've 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 had friends and I've dated people and like they 
I, I like that like dry, like sarcastic British style of humor or like the Yeah, Canadian I love Dead style, like Letter Kenny and stuff like that. And like every time I've like watched that with people, it just like not that they don't get it, but just like a lot like a lot of the rep like you have to understand a lot of references. So it's like if you don't know the references, none of it's gonna be like remotely funny to you. Especially yeah. like if it's like off the cuff like that. So it's like I there's a lot of times where it's like people like ask me to explain like a reference or like like why the joke was funny. It's just like I don't feel like doing that. Just we'll watch something else. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Um, I love deadpan comedy. I think it's so yeah. funny. Like Phineas and Ferb has a lot of that. Yeah. Where they were like, I remember, I don't remember what episode it was in. It was like, well, I think we all learned an important lesson today. Well, since we all know what it is, let's just stop waste time talking about it. So let's, you know, <laughs> I love that stuff. Yeah, I'm definitely liking more of that than the slapstick style. Slapstick can be very... It, it can be done well. I think all kinds of humor can be done very well. But slapstick, it's like it's easy to shit on that because I think it's easier to fuck that up. Yeah, and I don't know. Like I said, I think most of it is just... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think very comedies are not really good at creative these days. And... It just, I mean, like with everything, right? It just, you have to really look for it and more independently than not. But I don't know. I just, I hate, it's like with horror movies too. It's just like, I, I hate how everything has just been just watered down just on a superficial level. It just bothers me there's so no, much. There's no sophistication. There's no wisdom. It's all kitsch. Yeah, it's just like, I don't watch like music or uh movies and shows to like like laugh like i just like them because they're good shows like i i really only laugh at like memes or just really stupid fucking videos on you you know what i mean like i my humor has been fucked by shit posting it really has <laughs> yeah i know i remember just like the period where it was just like just ear rape like just yeah like, like all I, that stuff that era yeah. really fucking ruined my sense of humor because like it's just <laughs> Yeah, because, like, that made it so that, like, I, it needed to be, like, lol random stuff. Yeah, like, if I if I can't go out in public and hear Boneless without laughing, like, it's a problem. <laughs> no. Stupid fucking... It's Roger, I am tired of it. Um, yeah. I think this is a good place to end it. What about you? Yeah, that's fine, man. Um, I get to sleep in and wake up at 5 o'clock. Good for you. I envy <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't right, envy well. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. I understand why, because I'm Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> Ancestrally, I do not envy you. <laughs> nope, you're like, I would have uh, spun the... Like, I would have uh, done the slot machine again to see what I would have got instead. <laughs> Probably Palestinian. <laughs> well, that's not an ethnicity. Palestinian? No, it's a nationality. Palestinians are just Arab. Oh, that's right. Like, whereas, like, Jewish is, like, an ethnicity. Well, for a while, that was not a nationality because they didn't have a country. Oh, so we their specific criteria. Yeah, I was thinking about making a video about that. Like, like what is the difference? conflict in the Middle East video. No, 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 no. no. I'm not. <laughs> I am not doing that. I like, was thinking about... Do you want to talk about divine birthright? <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> Will is not going to talk about that. So what I wanted to possibly do is making a video explaining the difference between race, ethnicity, and nationality. 
I think that'd be pretty spicy. Should give it a go. Right, because I I think people confuse them like a lot. Yeah. And there's a lot of like I obviously know like a lot of it is just like a construct, but there is like some science behind it. Same thing with like language and like what constitutes like what's the difference between a language, dialect, and accent. Like it is somewhat of a construct, but also like there is a science to it. You know. Yeah, and I mean, obviously the line gets blurred, especially the more as people mingle. So that <laughs> it, it just yes, gets more ambiguous that's as why, it goes on. Right, because that's why like it's hard to categorize like what is the ethnicity of like white Americans? Because like obviously it depends on where you are geographically, but also it's like um because like there's just been so much mingling and just assimilation between all of like these like European ethnicities. It's like what do you even? categorize them as you know i don't categorize as anything because you know what i don't care anymore you know why because you know what too much pride <laughs> yep that's that's a that's part of it but also you're german mexican which i don't that's, give two fucks dude, it's like the peach pear commercial for the fucking skittles were like that's an unusual combination <laughs> or just reminds me what was that one i think it was ancestry where it's like it's like we put away our kilts for leader hosens. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, that's so cringe. I hate that so much. I hate this American need to like be something interesting from a different country. Oh, I can't stand it. I mean, I don't mind it because I think the way that we dress up now is really ugly and boring. So Not I can just understand from a why. Standpoint, just from like an identity standpoint. Oh yeah, yeah okay. Now that we we talked about yeah. <laughs> in extensive detail, off that horse to death. But anyway. Yeah. But I mean, I guess some people like they legitimately they're just like can't help it. They're like I'm just I'm just happy to be Irish and stuff like that. And I really like Irish stuff and I have this connection to it even of how far back it may be. <laughs> Shut know? up, drunkie. Go back to the bar and celebrate being white yeah. one more time. I don't care. <laughs> Irish. Don't give a fuck. Yep. Well, good night. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Bye.